fuck what you heard, cause you about to get served. Mean green grass, cats, and bird. West Coast, so bitches, in it to inches, a nigga who said he wanted to test me. I'm chainsawing off ankles and feet, so niggas can't step to me. I'll gouge your eyes out, skull, fuck your ass. I ain't from the past, but I'm fast to blast. Fuck that bitch ass punk who said he wanna take me out I kill a nigga in church, that's what I'm about I blow his back to his chest while he's praising God Turn around, burn the whole church down And make sure he's dead by blasting his cremated ass As I crash the fastest cause I flip like gymnastics Say in love for work because I keep her back for new souls Who knows where the rotten caucus is at Somewhere crawling with maggots, small bayonets For trying to step to the voodoo Who do you think you're running a phone past my 380 on my microphone Because your leprechaun ass just running the luck Fuck a punk. Yeah, fuck a punk anywhere. From the east coast to the west coast, from the south to the north. All your niggas is getting cooking out real quick. Fucking with hip hop. Say you a rapper. Fuck that shit. If looks can kill, I'd be the only rapper left. In cemeteries or mortuaries and caskets, I'm crept so I can be close to death. So when I take an MC's life, it won't be no sweat. I'll stuff my fist up your asshole. Rip out the spine and with that vertebrae, bone and blood. I write a rhyme and dedicate it to you and display your mango caucus up on the avenue. I'm giggling and laughing while I'm kicking your face in the bash of you. If I was a female, I'd let suckers breastfeed. So I can give them the rhyme endorsement they need. Faces of death, dead bodies drop like gravity. I rearrange brains and collect chest cavities. I walked in the place of signs and no smoking. Shit, you must be joking. Any and every black of sea must die tonight. The niggas ain't rhyming right. I got the jaws of death you wanna bite. Yesterday, today, and forever, I'll never lose. Who's does it? My fans love it, cause ain't nobody above it. The West Coast of Vintage in the motherfucking house. I'm full with up in 93, and I'm out. Shot goes out to all the hard MCs of the whole universe. Sitting back, thinking like Scarface, just while my deranged brain veins pump cocaine. No need to explain. My thoughts train over rugged terrain. I want my money, bitches, cars, and the whole shebang. Fuck the world and its inhabitants. Except my real niggas living in Los Angeles. We seen nines, 30 eyes, and 45s in the days of our lives. Dead niggas make me realize that death is permanent. So I don't play games with my shit like a motherfucking tournament. And furthermore, this rap crap taught me to say fuck. Friends, I'd rather have a Benz. Drop them five stars, drive way with nine cars. Bring it on and get smoked like Pablo Escobar. Mentally, I'm the combination of a new Lebanon. Shoot on my way up to the upper echelon. I draw blood like the Red Cross. Double cross and inherit a bloody sidewalk. Whenever I feel pressure, I'ma take the Pentagon for hostage and have the devil's hand on my dresser. Dougie Fresh said silence. 
but I'm equipped to cause violence. So from sun up to sundown, my enemies are guaranteed to be gunned down. One life to live. I'm staring through the window of my life Shit never went right, it seems Extreme dreams made me fiend for things Like mansions, Maseratis, and yachts But all I seen was projects, tents, speeds, and cops Always off of the short end of the stick Never a second chance and shit And niggas wonder why my mental so sick Because the longer you live, the harder the test And I'll be damned if I fail or be lesser than best There's a thin line that I walk Either a mic or a sawed off Niggas being hard off a lot to save me Many and plenty of time So I'm divine when I run Verbal blessings taking niggas to the essence from Larynx's expression. How come my man had to die? Just a simple question, why? How come he couldn't have been a bad guy? Niggas done been victimized since birth, so I spit wicked lines and stay away from the hearse. Crazy shit done changed since I was little. From chasing ice cream trucks to eating peanut brittle to hospitals and grave sites. From hiding those seats and chain snatching and murdering niggas for some favorite nights. I've mastered the ghetto with degrees and street survival. I'm liable to flip it. The stress gets too thick as a result of fucking around with this light shit. Thank <laughs> you. 
in the west and see claim they be storming but it never rains in southern california born again ripper bit full lyrics of one of these i say sick of but while and rock wilder for freestyles to point styles i keep smiling Can you hear me? Let me know if you can hear me. I cannot hear you. Hold on. I'm still learning. Can how you to, hear me? Let me I'm know if you can hear me.
What up? I can't hear you though. What up? Can you there hear me? You can't hear me. I can hear you now. What up? Can you there hear me? Go. There can you go. Go. It was good. Yo, we're gonna get this together. All right. Forget it. Yeah. Peace, swear. beloved. How are you? No, we're going to get this together. All right. Mute yourself you? for a moment. All right. Yo. Okay. There you go. I hear you perfect. No, it's still an echo. So I'm thinking okay. when I'm not talking, there you, go. you mute. I hear you perfect. Or when no. you're, when I'm not, it's still you know what I'm echo, saying. So I'm thinking okay. when I'm not talking, there you, go. you wow. mute. Wow, is there an echo on I your you side? Perfect. When no. you're, when I'm not, okay. when I'm not talking, there you, go. you mute. Wow. Is there an echo on your you side? When you're, when I'm not. Mute yourself. All right, mute yourself. It's not me, I promise you, it's, it's them. <laughs> All right, mute yourself. But we're gonna figure this out. It's not me, I promise you, it's, it's them. Anyways. <laughs> All right, mute yourself. But we're gonna figure this out. It's not me, I promise you, it's, it's them. Anyways. <laughs> All right, mute yourself. But we're gonna figure this out. It's not me, I promise you, it's, it's them. Anyways. <laughs> I don't know why it has to repeat like that. That's what's crazy about it. All right, we're gonna try again. How's this? So far, so good. All right, we're gonna try again. How's this? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Okay, so look, far, we so just good. gonna go, and we just gonna All have right. a little delay. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. I don't know. Why Are you kidding me? Okay, we're just going to go. Do you want me to, um, how about this? You want me to log out and, and log back in? Maybe that helps.
Okay. Okay. I don't know why it's messing up everybody. Okay. I don't know why it's messing up everybody. Okay. I don't know why it's messing up everybody. That is not okay. I don't know why it's messing up everybody. Do you not hear that? That is not okay. I don't know why it's messing up everybody. Do you not hear that? Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't understand what's happening with this thing. It's not my fault. I promise you, I'll try to be okay. as professional as possible. I don't understand what's happening with this thing. It's not my fault. I promise you, I'll try to be okay. as professional as possible. I don't understand what's happening with this thing. It's not. Check, check. Check, check, one, two, one, two. Check, check. Check, check, one, two, one, two. Check, check. Check, check. Can you hear that? Since poverty, I'm facing. I want my money to work for me like slaves on a plantation. And don't think I don't know the sports is out to rule with me. That's why I keep an M12 right next to my. So I'm asking them how to help the situation. Oh, okay. So I'm going to close out all the tabs I have open. They say, I don't know if you heard that.
All right, let's see if that works now. Yes. Cool. All right, we should be good to go, good brother. Yeah. All right. Figured cool. it out. Okay, so Keith, what happened was um, I had a bunch of different tabs open. I was trying to be prepared, mm -hmm. and it was bringing Echo into the situation. All right. Anyways, oh my God, hi. What up? How you doing? I'm terribly excited. I'm very <laughs> happy to see you. Do I look too much like a witchy poo? Oh, uh, you look crazy. <laughs> but you look crazy. I should, take this, I should take this hat off, huh? Yeah. Should I take no, the hat no. off? You need to keep it with the vibe, yo. You gotta you know keep it. You know, trying to do a little something. Yeah. Hey, look at you, man. What up? Oh, look, you audience. I have to tell the, the folks the thing. I have not seen you in person probably since what? Like 2000, 2001 or something? Something like that. Maybe Yeah, maybe a little sooner. I, I think you was around the way in Inglewood and I bumped into at a at a gas station or something like that, I think. But yeah, it's, it's been a while. It's been that's, probably- It's been at least 15. Yeah, maybe yeah it's 20. been a while. Yeah. I'm so happy to see you. Yeah, I'm good. Happy to see you too, beloved. What's going on with you? How, okay, how's, so, boy? how's my boy? How's Tan? He's awesome. And he oh. looks great. And he just oh. brought out a new album about a month ago, three weeks oh. ago. I need that. And need it's that. not hip hop or so. It, 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 it is whatever we say it is. You know what I'm saying? But he's singing. What? And he's not doing like hip hop tracks. All right. Like uh, jazzy. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Using that voice as an instrument. Yeah, that's what's up. And he put me on a song called France. So I'm going to play it on here tonight before you roll out. Dope. Dope. And Dope. you know what? I really enjoy listening to your music. I was, I was texting you about that earlier. Audience, check it. When I listen to your music, first of all, it's just so reflective of whatever emotional pain our generation was working with living through, you know, South Central. You know, oh, yeah. what I mean? I'm from Chicago, but, mm. and I went to Hollywood High, but. You was out here long enough. You knew what was up. I went to Belmont too, you know what I'm saying? And we lived on Skid Row when we moved out here. I lived at the Alexandria Hotel wow. for like a year. Wow. In 86, you know, when Thunderbird was all over the streets. It was all over the streets. My mama used to be like, now you know exactly what not to drink. That shit you see her on the skid row right there. That's, That's what you know not to drink. But, right. um, yeah, man, yeah. But what I was saying was, you know, I really, I used to go visit you. You know what I'm saying? I used to go visit all the different brothers around town. Mm -hmm. And no, it wasn't romantic. I was fascinated with y'all's mental, your intellect. Right. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Right. Brilliant. I didn't, you were a dancer? Yeah, I was a dancer. It was um, back in high school. This is this is the early Bird Raz days when we was all a group. So we was dancers first, you know. Who's y'all dance with or were y'all dance crews? Like y'all part of a dance crew. Yeah, it was called Clubhouse back in the day. Oh my God, I remember Clubhouse. Yeah, we was on. You remember Pump It Up, right? With D Barnes, 
them, F. Gary Gray and all them. Yeah, that was that was us. We had a little episode, uh, and they it was the Soul Brothers, Def Jeff, and all that. So they it, they had a dance special that was like real big for us because you know it's nothing like now because now you can just broadcast live to anything. But back in the day, somebody um, filming you, putting you out there, that was a big deal. That was on Channel 11. It was the right time, and it was all you know. That was dope back then, but we weren't dancers that long, like on the professional scale, I would say, because right around that time, Raz started doing this thing, Bird was doing this thing, production, and I started doing both. And it wasn't too long after that, the dancing wasn't popping and, you know, we hit it off with, with the music and the rest is history, I guess they say. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, really dope. Um. I was going through your repertoire, at least what's been represented on YouTube, and I noticed <laughs> you did a gang of songs with Mean Green. Yeah. yeah. Was he basically think, like your partner? Yeah, that was um when me and Green, me and Green hit it off like, you know, we both from LA, same around the same areas. You know, I grew up on in all parts of LA, 90th and Broadway, uh, which is where we stuff like um like the beginning of his record, smoking section. And I made um, all the tracks to to uh, remain anonymous was was made out of that house. All the soul on ice tracks was made out that house. That was 90th and Broadway. Um, but I grew up everywhere. Uh, 56 and Bud Long, Raymond and 112. You know what I mean? Just Gardena. You know what I mean? I had all kind. Of, you know, I was like a little vagabond kid. But you know, I grew up all over LA, Long Beach too, Compton. That's that's not a bad thing, okay? No, but I, I'll I, show I love it. I was that child. You, you know what I mean? So you can relate. So yeah, I don't really have an allegiance to a to a hood, but I got allegiance to my city. You know, what I'm saying South Central LA. You're not that far from everybody. You know what I mean? It's pretty close, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, if if yeah. you're on Broadway, you know where Raymond and 112 is. You know, you're not that far. You know what I'm saying? So you were backpacking. I don't know about you. I don't know. Oh, if yeah, we was backpackers for real on the RTD when it was the RTD. You know what I'm saying? So that, that, that was fun. And you know, it's crazy. Like when you were saying about um, that time, it was, it was a strange, I mean, you look at it now and, and it was violent as hell, but we kind of lived through it. And it, it wasn't like this time this time is crazier it's like almost a demonic type of stuff that's going on in these streets and in these 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 cats in these you know on these videos and doing whatever they do ours was like since it was birthed out here it was kind of authentic you know there's there was rules to the streets i should say you know what i mean there was rules to the game was rules to how you be a gangster i mean you can do some gangster shit and not be a gangster you know what i'm saying you, you know what i mean but now it's a little different it's almost like you have to be a gangster in order to do what they consider gangster shit. And it's crazy to me because we was doing stuff like that and wasn't even quoted. You know what I mean? We wasn't from nobody's set. We're just being kids. You know what I mean? We're just growing up. And now it's crazy. Now it's it's weaponized to the to the third power now and then it's, you know, knocking cats left and right. Sorry, um, but you brought on something that's going on right now, man. Like I'm not going to tap too deep on it, you know what I mean? But the Kanye thing, man, like, 
<laughs> no, him saying the things he was saying about what was said about the folks you can't say the names of, you know what I'm saying? With the yeah. music, we have to hold ourselves accountable too. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't have to sign the, you know, we don't have to sign the motherfucking contracts. You know what I'm saying? You choose to do that shit. You choose to do whatever you do to do what you do to do what you do because you could say no. I said no. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was up in them labels, Coolio. We're gonna get to him in a minute too. But Coolio, <laughs> piece, he 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 had me going up there, meeting with them folk and all that, and I had deals on the table and all that, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it came down to that little part of whatever. And yeah, just it 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 felt kind of. I mean, cause I was there too. And, and luckily I had good people with me. You know what I mean? My man, Danny Holloway. So our first manager, me and green, he managed me and green. And, you know, he had a lot of, a lot of history with Island records. And that's a long, long story in and of itself, but we trusted him, you know what I'm saying? To help us maneuver through all the BS back then. But we knew all about that stuff, which was really crazy because what what Ye is trying to say is something we've been saying for the longest. That ain't new. You know what I'm saying? We know that. You know what I mean? It's it's not new at all. It's just that they got somebody that can be a whipping boy right now. And they trying to cancel your boy. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, I look at it like how Jesus Christ was. He was like the first victim of cancel culture, if, you, if I can go there. They killed him like what he said. Right, they crucified the man because they didn't like what he said. But check it, you know they had a a, a thing on Charlemagne basically saying the same thing about nine, ten years ago. Yeah, and it's like, what are you talking about? Every it's not a secret. Everybody knows what it is, but the problem is, everyone's afraid to say the truth, and they're not really saying nothing crazy. They're just saying this is the the facts and. You can't dispute the facts because we see your last name. We know what you about. And you see me, we rappers, we entertainers, and historically, we've been exploited. So if that's a lie and you get canceled, then cancel everybody because it's just the truth. I mean, well, then why did they get so mad at Michael Jackson for saying it? Was it because he also bought up everybody's publishing once he found out that shit? Yeah. He was Maybe like, they're get- afraid of retribution. Yeah. He was like, let me get that. <laughs> when he got that, like, nah, he you got guys, that. You gotta go. Even when Eminem wouldn't stop talking about him, he was like, that. He got the Eminem joints. I was like, you are a crazy businessman. But he was smart. He was very smart. And they, and they was just like, same with Prince. We all know, the, we we know the deal. Same with Prince. Had to get, you know, he had to go. So. Man. Yeah, it, 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 it's <laughs> we think about these things. And to us, we coming from certain parts of uh, society. We most of us are from the hood, ghetto, if you want to say. Uh, everybody's not, but we got a story to tell. There's still a, a, a there's a relatable pain, whether you got some money in your family or whether you dead broke, when you when you black. It's simple as that. When you in this, when you out here in America, you have this. There's a camaraderie because you all pretty much have the same story because you're under the same guise of white supremacy in America. You know what I'm saying? And so if you got money or you don't, your skin pretty much is like a fraternity, so to speak. You know what I mean? You still go speak the same language. You got the same pains as we all do. 
So, you know, no matter whether you're rich or poor, you know what it's about. And that's that that's a, a lot of times when we we go on these subjects, we've been there before. Like we've written songs, right? Right. And and people talk about how they how it's it they're relatable to to us because I, I hear people say that a lot. They've always said it about you know certain lyrics or, or tracks that I create or whatever I compose. I, I hit a chord, and it's not like I'm doing anything magical or special. It's just I know you have to relate to this because you're pretty much in the same boat I am. You know, what I mean, you might be on another end, but you're still in the same boat. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I don't want to tap too heavy on on him because you know I heard he backtracked and apologized, and you know everybody yeah. does what they gotta do for why they gotta do what they gotta do. Yeah, man. I mean, I get it. I wouldn't have said what he said, how he said it, but you know he, that's a lot of money to to. But you know. He, he's not going to be in the pole house. He's not going to be on Skid Row tomorrow. He, he got paper, so I ain't... And, and he did trigger some real conversation. Ooh, Again. Was, See, they he don't like that conversation, man. And right. that's what we needed. Like we needed that, but they don't like that conversation because that's the root of it all right there. They don't like that. They don't like people being awake. That's why they dissing woke culture and all that stuff. you rather asleep and be asleep and stay asleep, mentally deaf, dumb, and blind. They want you to. They want you to be like that so they can trick you. That's why they like to sign young artists, young the younger the better, because they're ignorant, not because they're stupid, because they just don't know what they're getting into. And when you're a grown ass man or woman, you're like, oh no, nah, fam, ninety ten. What, what kind of split is that? You feel what I'm saying? Three sixty. What? You know what I mean? So that's what that's about. Yeah. Yeah. I know that there have been a lot of other um, friends of ours, mutual artists, that have been curious about you. They've been really wondering where you've been, what you've been <laughs> up to for the last uh, moons or so. Yeah. Let, let you, have you, you still ever talked to Arrogant? I could not remember his name. We, we are Instagram friends. I just can't remember his name. I, I'm gonna tell you a fast story. I ran into Arrogant, I think it was earlier this year, on my street. He was coming by with one of the other homies. He was driving in in, in, in a car, just random as, as all get out. And I saw the other homie and he stopped. I was like, what up, man? And he pulled out. And then all of a sudden, this dude jumped out the car. He was like, man, he looked at me. He's like, you ain't going to believe this. Something like that. And I looked at him. I was like, oh, hell no. Who is this? And I said, it came. And it was arrogant. Dippity like a mug. It was crazy because he actually lives, I'm in Inglewood, he lives about two blocks from me, along with AC alone, believe it or not. AC and Arrogant are like walking distance from me. I mean, do y'all visit? Like, what's up? Y'all barbecue? No, you know, I've seen, I've seen uh, AC alone a few times, you know, just randomly in the hood. <laughs> you know, I might run into him at the store or whatever. Uh, but not Eric. Eric is pretty pretty busy with the stuff he's doing that he's doing. But he wanted to tap me in with whatever he's doing. But yeah, we got our got contacts and everything. Chopped it up real quick. It was crazy. I was like, that's that's dope. But yeah, that 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 whole story with arrogant and um, over there at A and M at the time. I was like, man, that's a Janice Jackson label. You know, I mean, that's a right. You no, know, that was a big deal at the time when we when he did that that um 
that deal over there and brought me into it, I was like, oh, this is, this is it. I felt like, you know what I mean? I felt like I made it. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we all got them label stories, like you said. You've been up and in and out on them, you know, deals on the table, stuff like that. But that was a big deal. That was Herb Albert's label. You know what I'm saying? And we was there, and it was like in the studio working with a big old million dollar board and all that. So it was dope. It was dope. I'm sorry, my mouth was moving. My children decide when I'm live to ask. To me stuff. Yeah, of course. Or tell me stuff. You know. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's how they do. <laughs> okay, and, okay, and fine, and Saphir also. Yeah, yeah, with Saphir, that that was man. Come on, I just hope he's doing well. You know what I mean. Um, other than that, being in the studio, and these are like Saphir and that whole Oakland crew. That was like, um, I was more like fans of them. <laughs> they they won't let you go, huh? This is this is Dino now. He says to tell you he can hear you, babe. Volume ten. Say something, babe. This is Voodoo. What's up? What up, family? What up, Voodoo? Peace, beloved. How you been? Just got off work. Oh, that's uh, right. That's right. I can't wait to hear the new joint, man. Working hard for that voluptuous woman you you talking to right there. <laughs> I love her with all my heart. Oh, I can't. I just, I just love her. That's right. Of course, you better. How it goes. Very beautiful. Sure. Very sexy, and I love her so much. Thanks, babe. Babe, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you handle your business. You don't know what's wrong with our phones. What do you mean? Well, the other phone, I call. I, when I call your phone from this new phone, and your phone says uh, not available. I can't find my phone at this moment. Maybe that's got something to do with it. Maybe. When I try to use my phone, it tells me that I don't have service. I don't know, babe. It's weird. They tripping. Okay, so, so after you're done uh, with your podcast, please call your husband. He, he misses you so. Okay, honey. I love, I love you. Bye. Bye. Uh, peace, boo. Peace, y'all. All right. All right. <laughs> You know, the same thing happened when I was doing my Coolio interview and it was just like, they know, they know. Yeah. But anyway, back yeah. to, so Saphir though, have you visited with Saphir? Like, mm -mm. no, I haven't visited or talked to him. I just know he wasn't doing good health wise, which is what I was told through the yeah. grave. Yeah. yeah, but hopefully, hopefully he's going to be okay. man. I, I spoke to somebody who was real close to him earlier this summer and he gave me an update so you know he hanging in there you know man that really motivates me to go visit the homies because you know i had just talked to coolio and we were supposed to link up you know what i mean mm -hmm. and just even us doing the interview was kind of i knew he was here he knew i was here i don't remember how we got each other's numbers after all these years but we did and um yeah, that was crazy. That 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 whole thing. Um, you know, I was like, because you know, when I found out he passed, um, about two weeks earlier, I saw the um, the interview they were talking about Coolio. You know, I thought it was clickbait. Coolio exposed the industry or whatever. You know, you know, conspiracy crap goes off in your head. Little antennas go off when you're thinking like, did this have something to do with? It? You know what I'm saying? But 
you know, like like Coolio was saying, I mean, we know that stuff. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think it had anything to do with it. It could have because you know how this goes. But I find it kind of odd that that happened. You know, it's very yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I will say this. I mean, as far as conspiracy theories goes, I'm a conspiracy theorist. It could be just random after years of, you know, uh, stuff, years of life living, you know, in your yeah. early parts, it could catch up with you. That's true. But yeah. also, um, because man, when I was talking to him, he just, his asthma, you know, he's always had an asthma issue. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I was like tripping off myself because I was supposed to bring like some slippery elm and some, you know what I'm saying? Some whatever other herbs, black seed oil. I was telling him about black seed oil. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things like that. I'm not a practitioner. I'm not con- whatever. I'm just saying. That's Yeah, for sure. You know, and then the whole thing, we were getting together because another mutual rapper friend of ours was is has cancer, you know, and I, I still need to go say what's up to them. I don't want to tell who that is, you know, but, but yeah, yeah that's what he even had him call me because he was like, hey, you know, so-and-so has can- lung cancer or something like that. And I was like, what? Mm. You know, but um, mm. as far as him revealing things from uh, the industry, I don't know how deep he was going to go with that. You know what I mean? I don't really know. I was really mm-hmm. actually kind of surprised he went there in our interview. You know right. what I mean? It was just like, he knew I was, you know, he knows, you know. He knows what's up. Yeah. But him talking about it, like, I don't know. He's been watching this brother, Dan Calloway. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah, yeah, I know what that is. And so I think that was inspiring a lot of his um his information, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he knows that I've studied black American, so-called black history, and right. uh, you know, got a degree in it. So he knows I I've been exposed <laughs> to certain books and information. So I I respect and appreciate, you know, that he wanted to have those kind of conversations. And I wish I would have had the fortitude to have had a longer conversation because he really looked like he wanted to tap in more. But oh, I couldn't get at that moment of what to say anymore. And I don't want to burn the brother's time out, you know, respectfully. Mm-hmm. But it was like that more questions. I was like, dang, I should have, I mean, I don't know. But yeah. everything is everything happens for a reason. And you know it's a trip. I was looking mm-hmm. in the in the um comments on my little thing and somebody mm-hmm. said she only has a hundred uh followers and he did her thing and i was i wrote them back like yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> start somewhere shit right you start with ten thousand. well i don't right yeah i haven't i'm just you right. know slowly doing whatever this is okay so that goes into you so this series that i had even started talking with Tukulio about mm-hmm. but i started last year we, I, you know, I spoke with Spice One. He lives walking distance from us. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted to show a different side of rap artists. You know, I want to show the dad, the the chef. That's what I was talking to Coolio about the the scientist. You know what I mean? Right. The the other aspects outside of the rapping thing, because we are 
you know, older now. And uh, we don't just do that. I mean, right. I never just do that, but you know, you know, we're more dimensional than that. And I, I've right. always loved that about all of you. You know what I mean? I'm like a big fan. I like Pharrell, like of, I want to know who that person is behind the lyrics. Like, who is this person that writes this kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know uh, you did have a strong following in LA, mm -hmm. but I want to know what you think about the influence of West Coast artists on East Coast artists, because I noticed, I know that when I was talking with Coolio, we were talking mm -hmm. about, I was telling him when I was bumping some old King T, I thought it was Biggie. Mm. Yeah. And I remember seeing a video of Biggie talking about how he used to, you know, play King T all the time. Right. right. You know, but nobody mentions that, you know. Right. I remember Wu-Tang was kicking it tough, you know, backstage, especially Old Dirty Bastard. He was really studying a lot of the brothers in the West, you know, mm -hmm. particularly Volume 10. Mm -hmm. I remember Bone, they from the Midwest, but Bone uh, used to cook for the good life. Good life like crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's they true. Was taking notes. Medusa, yep. you know, uh, is it by coincidence that she was wearing goddess gowns and lighting up incense on the stage? And all of a sudden, this other lady down in Texas, they had the same manager. Go figure. Really? Uh, Erica, Crazy. goddess dresses, you know, what? what what is the likelihood? That. I didn't know they had the same manager. That's crazy. That's her. Kedar Massey. Right. All the time. right. You work for Motown, right? Yeah. And he and he had freestyle fellowship, didn't he? I think so. I don't know too many but, of them. I do know he was big out here. I think we I, at one point. So so he was big. Kedar was big. He was doing. He was they the were, one to try to be with, as they say. Yeah. Yep. Or was he? <laughs> so they say. I'm just saying because. I was fascinated with Medusa when I first saw her on stage with her orange fro and her beautiful goddess gowns and cocoa, you know, shout out to Sin. You know, yeah. they had the incense and the goddess gowns and she was like, she was rapping, but smooth. She wasn't trying to sound like a dude. She wasn't dressed like a dude. She was just like busting though. And she yeah. You know what I mean? And then yep. next thing you know, and she's doing the same thing, yo. I, you know what? I never drew that connection because I wasn't in that circle like that. But now that you say it, it's like, damn, that that's very true. That could have been, because you know, sometimes, it, it, you know, we're not, Texas and LA are not around the corner from each other. Not, they don't border. So at some point, somebody had to influence somebody with that style and we know out here that medusa had been doing that for so long you know we kind of knew sin was doing that was their thing sin was that was that was their thing and <clears throat> even when i first saw her i was like because i you know you know believe it or not i was more sheltered as a kid and right when i hit like maybe 16 17 that's when you know i was able to do whatever and this had been going on way before i was even you know what I'm saying? Able to get out the house. But so when I first went to the good life and I seen everybody there, including 10 and all the, like who, I didn't even know this existed. Cause I was such a little, I was a little guy, you know, mom's really crazy protected me. And when I was 
in the house. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't listening to certain things. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't allowed to do whatever. It's kind of like sheltered. You feel me? But when that was going on, hip hop wave was just big. We was dancers. We was graffiti artists. We was tagging, hitting buses up and all walls and everything. And here comes the middle. I was like, first of all, it smells like food in here. What do y'all, what is this? And they started moving chairs and doing all. I'm like, oh, open mic. I didn't even know what that was. You know, that that's how, that's how virgin of a, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was, I didn't even know what an open mic was. I didn't know what none of that was, you know, and I see Freestyle Fellowship up there and they'd be, and all them, all them legendary greats. And I'm saying, what? And my style wasn't even, you know, I didn't even hit the mic. Maybe, maybe one time at, at Good Life, and did my thing, did whatever. But, you know, I wasn't a good lifer. But that whole movement was so dope to me. It was like, man, how? I mean, it. What, what was your man name? Bus driver. What, 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 what? Bus driver. Bus, I thought he came the, later though, like good, like more Project Bloody. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? It was just so many people there at the time doing the thing it was different than what i'm used i was used to at the time i didn't even understand it ever it, it like blew me away you know what i mean i think it was my manager my one of my first managers before um before danny holloway well i guess that was a manager would would take us you know show us around and show us places like because i didn't know nothing about it but green was already friend that was already his yeah. that was his, that was all his frat so I think that was probably the maybe the second time I went up there was with Green. I was like, I mean, these are all his homies. I'm like, damn, this is, you know, and they became part of our family. Parts of some of them became part of our family, too. You know, like uh, Mark the Murderer and all of them, and, you know, Seaweed, the whole. It was dope. Um, oh, my God. I haven't yeah. heard that name in so long. You know what I'm saying? Them brother, And they still, you know, they're still rocking. You know, I bump into a Miller Murder every once in a while. I see him online sometimes. But, yeah, they doing their thing, man. And, and I'm so happy because so many of us from that um, that era aren't here anymore. You know what I'm saying? That'd be like, that, like, kills me because we built with them brothers. You know what I'm saying? We took them on, we was on our tours with us. You know what I'm saying? It was crazy how we all came together, you know. But like I always say, L.A. is very small, even though people think it's big, but it's very small. Everybody knows somebody who knows somebody, you know, so. Yeah, you know, that's a very interesting thing historically about L.A. that I came to learn. Mm. Um, you know that movie Devil in the, Devil in a Blue Dress? Remember that mm. movie? Denzel. Yeah, so I watched the movie, but I got into the series though, like the mm. like like twelve books, right? Okay, um, books. And yeah, there's books. Devil in a Blue Dress. They're all by colors, right? And I I read mm. all of August Wilson, I believe that's mm -hmm. who wrote. Okay. Anyways, um, that's where I learned about like a lot of black folk in L.A. are from either <laughs> Arkansas, Texas, or Louisiana, mostly. Mm -hmm. Like when I moved to Shreveport, I had so many of the homies like, oh, my granny from Shreveport. Oh, mm -hmm. we from Shreveport, Shreveport. Mm -hmm. Like a gang of people from LA is from Shreveport. Right. Louisiana. Right. Right. So, so when you say like for real, like close, it's always because, you know, back in the day, it'd be like, if you move somewhere, 
well, you telling your cousin to come move out there. You know what I'm saying? And then her cousin telling her homegirl, and then they move in. And then, so then, mm-hmm. like, the whole community of Shreveport probably lived between 125th and 130th, you know, in Maine. You know what right. I mean? Just because <laughs> family member told each other family member to come out there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that, would, and that would be like that. Like, I was talking to Fat Jack's wife the other day. Shout, shout out Fat Jack and Fat Jack's wife. She called me out the blue. I don't even know if I've ever met her face to face, but she called me out the blue because she saw I was giving, I was talking to uh, Trey from the far side. Right. I'm friends with the family. You know what I mean? Right. Shout out Mario. You know what I'm saying? And a gang of the family. It's like 150 of them. Okay. Hardison. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) LA. Yeah. But when I was talking to her, she's, related to the hard sense from another part of her family who's also related to another homegirl and we're all friends and i don't even think they would know their cousins like that's like that. that's funny small yeah. world all as well that's real talk. where have you been what what have you been doing are you still recording still recording um working on my new group our new group is we're called born cypher power i think i i think i sent you you so, did i'm gonna play it yeah Go. born cypher power bop um i cypher the god uh general jihad black diamond and myself wow uh, we have a we have a wu-tang flag so we we want to we certify with that um wu-tang banner and um i'm actually in the middle or the final stages of ma- mixing and mastering our record it's called 600 wings and um wow what does that been- mean 600 wings is um what Muhammad, peace be unto him, Prophet Muhammad, described Angel Gabriel as when he saw him, he he said he had 600 wings and he, you know, his wings uh, took up the horizon, you know, diamonds and pearls coming from the, dropping from the wings. And it was what uh, Muhammad, peace be unto him, said he saw. And we say it's in reference to Gabriel. It's like the angel of uh, information god's most trusted angel and basically what this record is is going to be information you know um two of my brothers are moorish americans um in the group and um we we try to re-educate you know what i'm saying because god dang <laughs> there needs to be a hundred of these groups a thousand of these groups trying to re-educate this next generation because man, it's so bleak. You know what? What we see, what we hear is probably just the tip of the iceberg. It, it's so bad out here right now. Who do we blame for that? Like, you know, we could say it's so and so, but yeah. again, where is our, you know, our accountability with ability? You know, it, it it it's almost two parts to that. I can only say what people put out or what people buy um we're not really selling it we're giving it to these record labels and they're selling it they don't have to sell it they don't have to sign it they don't have to do none of that but they choose to do it if i give you death money murder and drugs and um you, because remember, I, I, I'll answer that question by saying this. Back in the day, you almost couldn't do that, right? You weren't allowed to say certain things about 
whoever and a record label would sign you because it would sully the record label, right? The record label would say, nah, no, we're not signing that because it's too sexual, it's too violent, it's too this. All of a sudden, it's okay for Arista, Sony, or whoever to be associated with murder, drugs, and, and, and sex, you know? So I don't know if it's our fault for doing that or their fault for buying into it and selling it to a generation. It's almost, we're both to blame because we don't have to write certain lyrics. Well, if, there's the pressure. They pressure that. I remember being able to write at a sixth grade level. Of course. You're write at a sixth grade level. Of course. I mean, look, if you get somebody from the hood and say, listen, I'm going to give you this $10 million, seven, seven record deal, and I want you to do nothing but talk about women in a sexual way, drugs, murder. You know you'll sign that record label. You go that you'll sign that deal to that record label. You know you are every, and it's not really an integrity thing. It's more like a poverty thing. You know what I'm saying? The brothers is broke, and you know you do that for two hundred dollars. So imagine somebody do it for a few million, and you get the money, the jewels, the girls, the cars, the house, you know all of that. Of course you're gonna do it. Yeah, you know I mean so. They, they they dangle that in front of your face. You feel what I'm saying? It's like, hey, you know, we got this money right here. You know what I mean? And so that's how you do it. It's simple. And then we continue to perpetuate it by getting online, flossing the money, the, the jewels and all of this stuff. And sometimes, you know, it ends in murder. You know, you we, we see it all the time. Everybody getting shot and killed, getting chained, snatched and all that old shit. Glorified. But, they glorified it. Yeah, man. And, and it's romanticized, you know, to a point to where they believe that this is the only way you can do this. But you got to remember in the 90s and the golden era, we shunned that. You you remember from Public Enemy to Brand Newbie and on down. Even before that, it was dissing drugs, dissing crack and cocaine and, you know, all the big songs was out. They were big, selling big money. Um, talking about anti-drug messages, anti-violent messages. So you already know when that meeting in the 80s happened, the late 80s and the 90s, and they switched it. Next thing you know, ain't nothing but a G thing and chronic and all that stuff began to change the tide of how um, record labels were going to invest in these artists because they know the messages in the music. It's all from James Brown on down. You empower people through their music. We always knew that. That's an old African thing. We know no. that. Digitous thing, right? You power your people through the music. Empower them through the music. And that's what happened. And they figured it out. And it was like, nope. No, we want them deaf, dumb, blind, stupid, killing. So we're not signing that good shit. We go sign that garbage and make it make them think it's good. We go get somebody, get some dances, get some girls, get you know what I'm saying? You know how to, you know the formula put it out there the next thing you know it is what it is now but now there's a resurgence of like listen this music is help is a soundtrack to people's murders bro and you're killing them for no reason right so they're trying to reverse it now with the and, and this is what our group is about you know it's not preaching it's more like telling you what's up it's letting you know what's going on there's a there's an alternative you can be just as whatever 
without picking up a gun and smoking somebody because you say he's an op or something. You feel me? So that's where we at with it. While you've been talking about it, I was trying to get it so I can play the song. Okay. I want to play your song. But the thing is, no, there's no but. In addition to, <laughs> I just want people to know, like, I mean, the styles were just ridiculous. Now, you mentioned a cat, General Jihad. Mm -hmm. And what's the other brother's name? I Cypher the God, and then there is Black Diamond. The God and Black Diamond. These are some hardcore mm -hmm. names. Sure. These names remind yeah. me of the 90s. <laughs> we yeah, need that. We, lyrically, we was born in the 90s, so, you know, I th there ain't no babies or ain't no lils over here, you feel me? There's no... <laughs> we grown-ass men, we're grown-ass real shit, so... Good point. I think uh, Lil Duval was trying to clown recently, mm. and his sister was like, why you still got Lil on the front of your name? Ain't you like 40-something now? Why you still Lil? But I know that... Duval said that? Lil Duvall was trying to clown somebody recently. He was just joking, right, but the, right. the artist's comeback was, why are you still Lil? Yeah, you're okay. still, yeah. But you know, Lil Duvall is actually a little guy, so I can't- I, And he I, said that too. He was like, I'm yeah. literally little. Like I'm <laughs> actually small. Like friend. three, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I am little. I will always be little. I hope he's he doing all right, ain't he? I, mean, I heard he got an accident, like a ATV hit him. I mean, he was on an ATV and he got hit. Wow, yeah, that was like what a month or two ago. No, I think it was more like two weeks ago. Well, I mean, when I, you know, tell me. I think I'm he's still probably. healing. I did hear about that. I I lost track of the tape, you know, the timeline. But dang, yeah, man. yeah. Now, are there any outlets for these shows that need to pop off in LA? You know, because well, to me, I want to do it how it's supposed to be done. We we're not booking shows and doing all that stuff until we get it. You know, the right steps. You know, I, it, it's funny, book a show and you put a name on there and be like, who is that? You know, so we got to obviously promote the record, promote the single and um, do it the steps. You know, the, the way we learned how to do it is the way it's always been done. This new stuff is cool, you know, with the. TikTok. the yeah, with the advent of, of social media. But you can use that as a tool. That's part of it. But you, are, people still want to feel the artist. You still want to be able to look on a poll and see your, your favorite artist poster or something. You want to see a snipe. You just don't want to, oh, my phone all the time. You know what I mean? Just, and we're going to be, a, it's going to be a hybrid of that, you know, how it should be. It shouldn't just be social media only. You know, we were already robotic enough and a slave to this phone thing and this social media. Damn. Can I, can you look at a, you know, a side of a wall and see my face on these posters on this whole block? Why not? You know? Well, so, according to, cause what's her name? What's her name? But there's about to be some power grid issues. Owens, Candace Owens, she said there's going to be power grid issues. <laughs> yeah, she got issues <laughs> with her power grid. How about that? She I'd crazy. love to talk to her one day. I know one of the homies was looking at me crazy like, you? Like, as if you can't debate. Why couldn't I? She's not that deep. No, nah, she ain't deep. She's getting sound bites, or somebody's giving yeah. her information. She's not like doing research on her she own. That deep. She ain't that deep. She's she half baked to me. Yeah. But anyway, I don't. I didn't want to get all super all into all that. I'm just right. saying. 
Those are things that's happening right now, though. You know, yeah. another thing I want to mention is like, uh, you know, school age children, K through 12. I've been in that world. The whole mm -hmm. like past 22 years off and on as a sub and as a long term and as a full time now, you know. Right. And the stuff I'm seeing in the classroom, man, that's really kind of some stuff I really probably should talk more about. My sister told me I should just do a podcast about school stuff, but I was like, I don't really, I'm still working in the school stuff. I can't. Yeah. No, you know, it, it, crazy. It, you know, it, it's not like, oh, master, go get us. You know what I mean? But, you know, that, they, they got you on your livelihood, though. You feel me? If you speak against this, I'm going to say it like this, this alphabet agenda in school, um, they going to talk to you about that. You know what I'm saying? And, and and it's unfortunate that they want to take certain things out of the parents' control. I think we touched on this before. They want to take uh, certain things out of the parents' control, and that ain't right. It's not right at all. You know, what I teach my child at home, <clears throat> you shouldn't have a, there shouldn't be a debate in the classroom about what I'm teaching my child. There's a reason why, see, you're going to have my kid just for a year or two. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to have my child for life. So there's a difference. So you, you're not going to be there when something that you said conflicts with what I was teaching. You're not going to be there to help pick him up after he's confused as hell down the line. But my teacher told no, no, no. You know what I mean? <laughs> One of those things. So if they just keep it to arithmetic, um, you know, and, and everything else, all the academia, don't worry about that other stuff. We got that other stuff. We can teach them the social stuff, you know, because we got them more than you doing a classroom at the end of the day. And it's just gotten, I mean, we, but we already know why it's done like that. <clears throat> it's a war on many, many fronts. So, you know, you've just, you, the way you put that was very well said. Um, so last year I had to take this class. Every now and again, they make teachers research, you know, re up. Mm -hmm. And, in writing this paper, I learned that 80% of the teachers in public school are white female in the school system. So if you think about white female teachers are the majority of the teachers that have your children from 8 to 3.30 daily, able to just plant whatever information, however they feel, based on whatever they mood or day is like. There's a reason for that. I always say the devil don't do anything by mistake. I was just surprised I, at that number. I didn't know it was that yeah, many. Yeah, number, right? That's crazy. Yeah. 80%. There's reasons behind that, too. And that's some stuff we can, you know, we that's we can't be talking about these things. I mean, you can we can unpack situations for like three, four Make hours. It all, I know, man. Yeah, one, one subject. You'd be like, nigga, this interview is not supposed to be nine hours. What are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> you know what? I've really been into podcasts lately, and, and a lot of these podcasts be like three, four, five hours. And I'll have listened to the whole three and a half. It's like, like man. in bed, or I'll be like involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is a thing. It is a thing. I didn't know that like that, but we be building. You know how we used to, I don't know if you ever used to come, but I don't know if you ever came to any of mine, but I used to have poetry rap rent parties in LA. No. And it was like at once a season. Like I did that shit for like two years. I had a poetry rap rent party 
three dollars at the door. The first one was real, like I really needed help with my rent. Like poetry rent. Rap. It was a poetry rap rent party. That's crazy. So I'd invite all my rapper friends, all my pretty girlfriends that like rap, all my producer homies, and just cool homies. And you pay three dollars. I would provide like um one main dish of something. Mm -hmm. And BYOB, everybody, it was just weed was the, you know, we were so old school, Fat Jack, we would, I didn't have a record player, I just bring tapes. So I would bring a tape and I would play that sucker and there'd be different producers and everybody would have to get involved and bust at least one line, even if you didn't rap, like that was the icebreaker, you know, so I would have my homegirl, Austin, you got to bust. Man, That's one dope. time I, I had a Yo Mama party. Oh my God. That was so cool. Young Mama party? Your mother, Yo Mama. Oh. Like what? I had all my comedian homies, shout out Dotted Line, shout out G Knight. Um, different homies I know. That's funny. And I'd had them getting us, we all sat in a circle and it'd mm -hmm. be Yo Mama, Yo Mama. I don't know if you remember in the early 90s, Yo Mamas was real, real hype. Yeah. Early 90s was real tough. So, I still remember two of them. They was this killer. One was your mama so bald headed. Oh she blow dry her hair like this. Oh, see. <laughs> and then another one was your mama. Your mama so hair so short she rolled her hair with rice. Oh, see. <laughs> in tears. Those stuck. Those stuck with it's you. Ninety one, ninety two. I know I'm a bit nostalgic with stuff, but I mean, it's all relative. You know why? Because the frequencies that were popping off in the songs and music back then is what we need for healing right now. That's and true. another reason we ain't super aging like everybody else, if you notice, I mean, I'm a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Cause I mean, you either, but because those frequencies keep us at a certain pace. Right. And position. Right. With gravity and shit, like for real, it makes your, your actual organs beat at a certain frequency. You know what I'm saying? Hold on, let me get to this song right quick. Now, Voodoo, I had it prepared and everything, but they made me shut everything down. Hmm. Oh, for the, the tabs, right? Yeah, so forgive me, brother. I was trying to be prepared. You don't see me. That's all right. Okay, just what is the name of the song, please, good brother? The one from the album? The one, you, yes, Confessions, right? Yeah, Confessions was um what I Yeah, that one. That's the Sony Germany single. Yeah, the mafia story or whatever. Okay, is that what you want me to play right now? No, you can play whatever. Whatever you want yeah, I want to play something specifically that you're like, no, I want you to play that. Okay, well we'll play um get it together, what I was just what we we're just talking about. Get it together. Yes, ma'am. Gotcha. And it's it's talking about what's going on now and what has happened in the past, you know, as far as we're concerned. What's Mel the what's the name of the group, good brother? Because I'm typing in voodoo and it's not popping up. Uh it's gonna say six hundred wings. Ah, it'll say 600 wings. You got it? No, not yet. I'm getting it. 600 wings. 
That sounds like something I would order. What <laughs> pops up? Jumbo wings, Pizza Hut. See, they wrong. Let's see. It should be in your email. Yes, sir. Let me get that. Mm-hmm. Now, the one I thought I had was confession. Let me change. Anyways, while we're waiting. Oh, here we go. Yes. Okay, so this is not a video. This is just a song. Yeah, it's just a song. Cool being not just, a, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's no no video. I didn't see any yeah. video. I don't have any, to be honest with you. So.
Peace. You know what? I'm like bugging off that that because okay, so work for you. I'm thinking, are you connecting to the people in our age group specifically? Or are you trying to you trying to reach the youth youth? Everybody needs to hear it. You know, because it it you know, we hybrid. We're a hybrid. We we're kind of special. I think our our generation, the golden era, we're <laughs> the incent we th think about it like this. We're the inception of the quote unquote woke movement in hip hop, the conscious movement in hip hop, and the now. So we went through all those different phases. So and, and there's another thing, twenty years to me is like two years in retrospect. It's not we're not talking about the 1920s. We're talking about the 1990s opposed to the 2000s, which is between 20 and 30 years. So we all in the same, yeah, we're all in the same, we're, we're all in the same gang. In you're, like, you're basically like, that's not that far away. That wasn't like that long ago, basically. No, right? it wasn't. No, it wasn't. The 90s. No, because even in the 90s, remember, we really were, not all of us, but they were really pushing the 70s right the pimping you know that whole yep. i like that track and um you definitely need a video yeah I, I, we would have to do it especially now if you think about it i mean it's poignant right i mean it it, it is something that needs to be talked about now you know you um, need more what they call protest songs you can never have too many of those you know powerful <clears throat> I don't want to. I don't want to have you dragged out all night, but I, I, I am enjoying this, and it is like a session. Again, I had about five folks of your peers reach out to me um, in my IG DM, and you know they just they really they were really excited about this. So, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. When um back maybe 2010, um we when when Green was um doing this thing mostly out in Vegas and out here too. Um, we had planned on making a Western Hemisphere album, right? So we started recording tracks. And <clears throat> he was always my, um, he was he was always like my, my mentor, so to speak, about a lot of stuff. And one day I was damn near in tears because I felt like quitting, like, not even doing anything anymore and something he said or whatever conversation it was we went online he googled my name and he pressed enter and he was like you still want to quit nigga it, it was just a plethora of stuff that that i had never even you know people that are are your supporters fans or whatever you want to call them you never know you never know who um they are you never know what they mean to you you know what i'm saying and it hit me like damn i mean something to somebody you know what i'm saying so Definitely. i started reading comments and i'm like really you know what i mean because I, I had no idea it was this, this is this is not When the internet was in its infancy, but it was being used, it was new to me. I didn't, I didn't upload any music 
I didn't do any of this. So I had no idea people were doing reviews. People were doing interviews and reaction videos. So I was like, what is this? I had no idea what this stuff was on YouTube or just Google my name. My pictures come up everywhere. I didn't do none of that. Stuff. I knew none of that shit. And it was amazing to me. So that that basically lit the fire to continue because our job is not done. If you still have that that drive and you still have a talent, you know what I'm saying? It's on some Tom Brady shit. You know, you can still throw a ball. You can still throw touchdowns, win championships. We can do that. And the other thing, a part, a part of that is we seem to always, in hip-hop, and it really only happens in hip-hop, we always age ourselves out of the game, which is really fucked up because no other genre really does that. Thank you, you know, for mentioning that. Thank you for you, saying that. You, you see what I'm saying? And I hate that. Even, even R&B artists, you know, if any of the Motown greats are still alive, they're still touring. You don't hear that generation, nigga, you need to hang up, nigga, you 75 years old. Would you? They only do that to hit, nigga, you 35. What you doing still rapping? I remember when I was 37, they were like, oh, you're too old to rap. I'm like, what are you talking about? It, it's a music we created. It's ours. If this horn player is 90 years old, let that man blow that horn. And his fans don't come at him like, Man, you do old to be, you know, and, and it's only hip hop. I, think, I think it's because with hip hop, it's more, you know, we're supposed to have been the youth rebelling. So yeah. now that we're like hitting the 50 mark and stuff, some of us, mid 40s or whatever, right. 60, some of us. Um, it's like, are you still protesting? Are you still mad? You yeah, because it's not done yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That That's kind of like how I feel. You know what I'm saying? Or like, even just today, I was looking on the uh, Instagram streets mm -hmm. and I saw Nikki did a, <laughs> Minaj did a, a, a performance in Philly yesterday and she had her legs all up. Like she was doing like some yoga stretches basically. And you know, folks was kind of in the in the comments like, "You're like forty something now. Are you still gonna be?" I mean, and, and I don't know if you've seen my most recent podcast. I don't mean to slam that sister specifically. I mean, she obviously has her accolades. I'm not trying to really throw her like that, right? But I am putting her little butt to the fire for her imagery that she's chosen to allow to be her thing. Yeah. Um, because now she is 40 something. Is she going to, and everybody knows she's married and everybody knows she doesn't have a baby and she's 40 something. Not that that should matter actually. Right. right. But I'm putting her to the fire mainly because of just the whole Barbie thing. Like I'm just, I never liked that. Like even with little Kim, I, I just, I thought little Kim was fire, but the imagery I yeah. never really, and then what she was talking about was, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody would go, and then press rewind. Yeah. Kind of like Doggy Style, Snoop Dogg's first album. Do you I really did say that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely was like, and then rewinding it. You know, it's just shock value rap, you know what I mean? But um, now 25, 30 years later, mm. you know, we see what the effects of a lot of that is. And then even with the 504 boys and, and Master P and all that back in the 90s, I remember having the thought of this imagery is not going to be good for us. You know what I mean? Right. Ultimately, I've had that conversation with Snoop and Master P before. You know, it's like we don't, you know, 
being a father of daughters, you know what I'm saying? I got sons too, but having daughters, um, it kind of, it, it kind of amends your perspective. You know, at one point I get it. They always say sex sells, but you can actually sell anything. So that's not an excuse. So when I look at how the industry romanticizes and, and promotes and gives all this money, power, prestige to people, you know, all these different women from the Lizzo's on down to the Megan's, the Stallions, all of them. And they're selling like hoism, which is really what it is. Um, and they're trying to make, oh, it's power, powerful women is, you know, it's, that's not power to me. <laughs> it's funny but, you say that. They do call it women empowerment. Yeah, that's what they call my it. And I'm like, why is that empowering? Why is that empowering? My, I mean, my, my choice. They choosing whatever they, they choosing. Right. And, and you, you have to beg the question, what is empowering about that particular act? You know, what, what is it? I mean, I'm, and I'm, trust me, I'm not your hater, nigga, nothing like that. It's just common sense to wonder why you give this label to something like that and call it empowering. I thought empowerment was like academia. You know what I'm saying? I didn't think, I mean, that's probably the most powerless thing you can do is be naked. You know what I'm saying? The most vulnerable thing in the world you can be is, you can be as naked to me. In contrast, you know, the thought, the way we've been taught is that the hijab or the niqab is oppressive. You know what I'm saying? Because that's Correct. what they've trained us to think, you know, whereas most of the sister and I know, you know, I've gone through many different styles of study I don't know mm -hmm. if you know much about any of me like that, but I've taken the time to study with the Moorish brothers. I used to build with the Moorish brothers. I also built with the Hebrew Israelite brothers and sisters right. with the Nation of Islam brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. You know, shout out Mosque Crenshaw. Okay. Um, and, and, and I always thought they looked so sophisticated. Like, you know, when the sisters would wear the scarf, I thought that was super like, Look like, at the F beautiful, right? Look at FOI brothers. Look how they look how the NOI dress. It's same, like, same. Look at the Morris brothers. Look how they do. It's like very, man, very beautiful. Right. And it doesn't look. It's almost the opposite when you see a woman doing or or you know acting in such a way because you're not just you know going to the mailbox dressed like that. You're literally you're gyrating, you're doing, you know what I'm saying? You're doing all the crazy stuff because that sexuality is selling records. You know, at the same time as selling records, it's, it can be de literally destructive because at the end of the day, like you brought up the Nicki Minaj thing before there was a Nicki Minaj, there was a Tina Turner. You feel me? And she did her thing. Right. But that level of talent, almost warranted that type of sexuality and plus during that time that's when the liberation of the body we're talking about the 60s and the 70s that was really it you know now this is just because we just want to be on some stripper shit is basically to me that's what it's because it you know you know with, with that a lot of times i always say 
it's the circus before the act. You know what I'm saying? I don't appreciate how a lot of the rap rappers and all the rap uh the engine not the engineers, the um what am I saying, like the, the label heads. I don't really appreciate how they give you this script that you have to have some type of issue, some beef. We got to get you the stack of money, the prop money, the, the prop gold, the fronts, the this, the that. Put all that before your music. And then we put the music out. And the music is garbage. You know, back when it was talent based, it was talent first. And then all that stuff followed. Now, all of a sudden, you're a millionaire immediately, right? You got all these cars, these cars, these houses, and all that kind of stuff. And you can tell by how quickly you don't hear from these artists again that they really weren't good in the first place. I mean, they literally <laughs> give you 15 minutes. They literally give you 15 minutes, two, three videos. And most of the stuff is capped. I don't care. I don't believe that 15 million people liked your video in, in a week. I don't believe that. You know what's what I'm that, saying? What's that girl? What's that? You thought I was feeling you? Much. Your girl, yeah. And and, and I kind of look at rappers like that as is like comic relief. I don't it's certain times, you know, you don't take certain people seriously. I don't give them, you know, uh that type of that level of respect like I would somebody who really grinded really saying something dope and really killing it but you you know she'll be like cool for you know however long and then you'll see what's up you know what I I'm think saying? her moment is over now because i've seen her in two different performances live i tried to give the child a chance because she had an <laughs> interesting look and she went up there and she didn't even know the lyrics to her own song and then she stopped in the middle of the the voice, you know, it's playing her voiceover, you know, the, the actual song. And she just dropped the mic and just started shaking her butt in the middle of it. You thought I was feeling you? Bit it and munch. And then she stopped trying to rap it. She was just like, I, I can't even keep keep up. Put the mic and then just start shaking her butt. And I was like, and then the crowd roared. Sounds they about loved, right. They loved it. It's about the cheeks. You know, it's, like, it's about the cheeks. It ain't a, yeah. You know? It's like, yeah, 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 shake. I ain't coming off like some hater, some old lady hater chick. No, no, no. It, because you got to remember, the reason why I get so amped about that is because these people are in my child's generation, in my children. That part. It's that not like anybody, ain't nobody no empty nester. My youngest girl is seven. You feel Mine me? Is my is seven, right? So you know what I'm saying? Think about it these are going to be their peers, their musical peers. They, they're going to be looking up to these, you know, and it, all the artists that are true, you know, I saw DJ, one of DJ Quick's interviews. I've seen a bunch of different interviews from people from our era and just the level of intelligence, the level of intelligence is just crazy. And some people from the 2000s too, because, you know, the 90s went up into the 2000s until maybe 2010 and then that's when pretty much went to hell or 2005 kind of like went to hell but in in the 90s that idea of supreme and high intelligence was still going on in um in that era that the golden era just wasn't 94 95 96 it kind of it dispersed over it it, it went over into the early 2000s 
you know, that same golden era mentality. We were still making music. The Jiggy era came in and the, and the Gangsta era kind of came in and, and kind of mixed battled. it up. Yeah, they battled for it though, yeah. Yeah, but it, it's still, we were still doing the right, saying the right things because listen, you don't have to, I, I look at KRS-One and he never changed his message. You know, he's still a philosopher. He's, he never changed, you know? I can even look at Buster Rhymes. And he never changed on no BS. You know what I'm saying? He was still, he's still one of the greatest hip hop entertainers you ever want to see. You ever see his show? It was crazy. And he's deep and he's dope as hell. Those are unusual artists for people in the and new artists in the 2000 like tens and above. That's kind of unusual. You don't have anybody that prolific and that damn dope. You know no. what? But I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go on and tap in and get messy a little bit. So what I learned is like that the DOCs and the J Electronicas was writing for these brothers, allegedly. You know, writing. Uh, shout out J Electronicas. Shout out, um, but I just said <laughs> DOC. Yeah. And all the other ghost writers out there that don't get that love. You know, um, a lot of these, that's why I'm, that's, that's, okay. Thank you for bringing it full circle. The whole part, reason I'm doing a historical West Coast honor legend series is because I'm fully aware that aside from the good life brothers and sisters and aside from the project blow, there's these other groups of brothers that was factioning out and doing that thizzle. You know, some of them might've connected at the good life, but they're not good lifers per se. Mm -hmm. The happy place crew is pretty much the good life stamp and I kill and Jurassic five shout out to the brothers, you know, yeah, Char man. Uh, Zakir, everybody. Legendary. Um, Legendary. DJ T minus one. Um, you know, much love. I used to visit those folks. I used to visit um, 2000 Crows. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to all of them. I can't even say all their names. Zagu, everybody. Everybody. <laughs> um, they're gonna hey, next Saturday night, I'm interviewing all of them. Well, at least oh, 10 boy. of them. The Crows. Yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be exciting. But I was homeless quite a bit in the 90s. Mm. Yeah. I was bouncing around a lot um, as a young young woman. Even though I was graduating from college, all that stuff, I, you know, I just, I just, you know, I was homeless sometimes. And Zagu, man, that was a brother, like, when I'd be like, can I crash? You know what I'm saying? He lived mm -hmm. off, was it Windsor Hills? Why do I want to say the Jays, but not really the Jays? It was like a house mm -hmm. over in that area, like Windsor Hills, mm -hmm. Bowen Hills. Mm -hmm. No hesitation. It was nah. a bunch of cats, little kittens. I don't know if anybody remembers any of that. Mm -hmm. But um, he never hesitated to allow me to crash, man. Oh, yeah. Zagu always been solid. Always been solid. Yeah. Who is this calling me? Oh, my God. Babe, I'm going to have to call you back. Much love. <laughs> I couldn't find my phone for a long minute. So my you son, found I, it. it's you been a long it. Yeah. Yeah, got you. And that was my husband again. So um shout out to volume 10. Yeah. Yes, and you know what? The thing is about even that brother. Okay, but let me get back to that. But I just realized, you know, when I did my first EP subject matter in like 98 99 
I worked with some brothers that I met in Louisiana when I was with Coolio, Coolio, King T, Paul Stewart, Razkaz, we all rode, and myself, we all rode down to, it wasn't a Jack the Rapper. It was like another kind of thing, but it wasn't Jack the Rapper. Jack the Rapper, yeah. But it wasn't. It was uh, something else I can't think of right now, but everybody and their mama was there. Yeah. Okay. I used to love those conventions, yeah. Me too. But I met two cats. Shout out Dita. Shout mm. out uh, Clef Dollars. Rest in peace. They was a mm. part of this group called the Ill Biscuits. Do you remember them? Mm -hmm. The Ill Biscuits. I think I got a Yeah, signed to Atlantic. They put, like, when I click in Voodoo, mm. the Ill Biscuits and, like, other, you know, equal, like, they were your peers, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? It was it was signed to Atlantic, but we became lifelong friends, you know? I so, did my first EP with Clef Dollars and Bear One. Shout out Bear One. He's out in Germany right now mm -hmm. doing engineering. But Clef passed about 10 years ago. Mm. Yeah. But um, my first EP, um, but point is he admittedly said that he would listen to a lot of west coast mcs now clef dollars is a very noted and respected underground producer on the east coast he's mm -hmm. from virginia but he worked with anybody legendary from the early mid 2000s like big l mm -hmm. um what's the brother um oh my god i can't think of all the names but mm -hmm. but he's he's written i mean he's done He's done a lot of beautiful work with a lot of the brothers, but my point is that East West Coast influence because when I've been watching, I've been watching uh, Drink Champs, mm -hmm. and I noticed the only West Coast artist they really had on there was Snoop. Mm. You no, know, and I'm like, when are the brothers and sisters who aren't in the documentary ever gonna get their fucking shine? You know what I'm right. saying? You're one of the dopest. I'm not even. You're Thank one of you. incredible. Like. Your lyrics, bro, like, please put your albums in books, like in book form. Okay. For me, because I'm telling you, man, I'm really considering going back to school. I done got two master's degrees and two goddamn bachelor's degrees. Look at you. I want to get like a PhD or something, maybe. I don't know. But in y'all, like I play y'all in class. Anyway, you know, clean version. Um right. And have us analyze lyrics. You know, uh, someone told me that they uh, they sent me something like an email, and they said that um, "Nature of the Threat" was being played in classes. It is. I read that too. I said, "Yes." You know what I mean? When when you hear something like that, you just you just feel crazy inside because you don't know what you're doing to people when you're when you're teaching them, and and they use your something that you help create when they use that as a manual for some reason to teach you about something is a crazy feeling. I mean, that's you guys are masters of metaphor and simile and alliteration and personification and onomatopoeia. Oh, yeah. when, when, when Nature of the Threat was, I mean, because I didn't have anything to do with the writing of Nature of the Threat. I just did the music. And watching it live, you know, watching them, watching them practice and do this, do that, and just hearing the final product is like magical. You know, being there, we I think we recorded that song in, at Kitchen Sink. You remember Kitchen Sink? That that um, studio I think is in um, it's in Hollywood, but off Sunset. It was called Kitchen Sink. 
that was one of the studios. That's where I met Coolio, actually. Um, and we were recording those songs there. Um, it, it, it's crazy because watching him create that song, you know, I'll never forget it. You know what I'm saying? I'll never forget it. it, it just knowing how it was done was dope. And um, laying it was dope. But to figure that somebody heard this song and they're starting to use it so to, to teach people i mean <laughs> you know there's there's people on this planet that'll never understand that kind of feeling you know what i'm saying the people actually are using your song or your whatever your your intellectual property as a teaching tool Crazy. Now, that is bananas and i also learned that they're doing a whole class on Nicki minaj up at UC Berkeley hmm. and, and it's mostly mostly Asians in the class, right? So the theory though, some people have a thought that they're studying us, you know what I mean? For their own purposes or whatever. Like of they're course. studying us, you know, like for whatever reasons. And and it's not, and it's not for a good reason, I bet, you know? Oh yeah. That was a situation, like on some psychological right. manipulations, yeah. Right. What do you think so, yeah, about that? That's crazy to, you know, not to delve too deep into it, but they've always studied us. They've always tried to be us one way or the other, rather it's intellectually or rather it's physically. Um, they understand the science, you know, they get it. We're the ones that don't understand the science because it's hidden from us and they study us. So it makes sense that they would be, who else are you go study? You know what I mean? We, we're the first people here. But know? why Nikki though? Like, you know, if I were gonna do a class, it would be a, like a whole from like, uh, and B Angie B, or, you know, Angie Stone's group, Angie yeah. Stone all the way right. through. MC Light, Latifah, Moni Love, you know, yeah. the whole gamut. Yeah, Nikki. Yeah, maybe because she's popular and I don't know exactly what part of, of her they're trying to study. Or, you know, maybe it's something to do with marketability and I don't know, whatever they see in there, they're trying to exploit something. It ain't gonna be good. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is, it's not gonna be good. Because, I mean, I ain't trying to get down on her like that, but it seems like now she's coming into a um, I guess a self-awareness that the stuff that she's doing right now is going to catch up with her and she doesn't want that in her wake she wants to try to clean up her future act and maybe not be so what because if she writes I don't know if she's a writer or not I don't know if she writes all her stuff but if she's a if she does write her stuff she's really good I can say that I was told I mean she always says she writes her own lyrics Mm. Um, I don't know technically what that means. You know, I know Brandy one time broke it down. Like, even if you go mm -hmm, on a track, they give you co-writer based on, you know, who you are. So, you know, I don't know how to deep that goes. They used to say Safari was helping write her stuff. I've been told Jay-Z wrote some of her stuff. Yeah, I just recently heard about that. Did, you, did you hear what I heard? Did you hear them turn the voice? Yeah, that, I, I don't know what to believe. That that's I don't either. That was crazy. I was like, but what? it sounded just like him, though. I know. 
that was creepy. But you know, they can do, I think with, you know what a deep fake is? The way yeah. they do deep fakes with visuals, I'm sure they can do that with audio. You know what I'm saying? The way they can- you Like do- have a Jay-Z twang through AI, artificial intelligence? Of course. Jay-Z accent, let me just type it in. Like I didn't say that. Yes, but then again, I re-listened to looking ass nigga though the other day after thinking about that, after after hearing that Jay-Z potential mm-hmm. track. And uh, then I looking at I listened to looking ass nigga and I was thinking, there's no way she wrote that. There's right. no way she wrote looking ass nigga. Like that shit was hard, like a dude hard. Yeah, we always got to consider the source too. If it's on the internet, mm, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That don't mean it's gospel. And that's our problem because, I mean, as a society, we think everything we see online is the truth. You know? Yeah, that's true. I've had to tell my children, you can't believe what history you learn on TikTok, son. You got to read a book now and again. Yeah, the book's right here, son. <laughs> yeah, true. Now, I think I wanted to play something for you, but I don't know if you're okay with it. Like, the okay, so Kanye has apologized and he went to this whole little spiel. I don't know if, if you wanted to see that and make a comment on any of that or you just yeah. want to speak out of that. No, 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 whatever. whatever All right. But while we're while I'm getting that, I still want to chat with you. Let me go on and see about it. Um, I, I'm not mad at the apology. Some people thought it was, you know, bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Um what is he apologizing for, though? Like, yeah, because he didn't hurt nobody's feelings. You well, they acting like he hurt somebody's feelings, you know. Yeah, that's what they acted like. He didn't offend anybody. If you took offense to the truth, that means you're guilty. To me, I mean, if he said something really bad, like just dragged them, man, and say it's just all facts. They, they, so you, they, they want you to apologize because you're not supposed to call them out that's what it is they don't want you to they they don't want to start a whole thing where people are calling all these folks out they don't want that to be so you have to apologize and they see they take your money they take your this they take your that as an example this is going to happen to you if you speak against us i don't care if we're wrong and guilty you're just not supposed to say nothing about it i can't even i can't even find it right now i'm trying to that's funny. I, I can't find it. Ain't that something? Mm-hmm. That's okay. Let me plug my phone up really quick because it, it just came unplugged. So sure, sure, sure. I'm, give me a money. You know what? I'm going to play. If it's all right with you, I want to mm-hmm. play. Oh, my God. One of your classics. Thank you. Yeah, play that joint. Play that joint. I don't know if you know which one I'm talking about, but I'm about to play it. Okay. <laughs> You'll know it when you hear it, though. I sure will. Let me bump it. It's more. It's one of many. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You going there with it, huh?
back. Hey, brother. I was looking for it this whole time. I don't know if they took it off the internet. It's pretty weird. It's pretty weird that they would take it off the internet. I'm not quite What's sure. Up? What song no, no, not the song, the 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 Kanye apology. Oh, okay. I can't find it. Not Nanware. So oh. trip off that. Interesting. So okay, so Brother Jay and that sample. <laughs> Brother Jay is a good. Well, I won't say a good friend. He's a he's a cool cat that I you know know from around the way. Right. In L.A., he lives in L.A. He was married to a sister of mine. Mm-hmm. You know. Do you talk to any of these any of these people? Uh Brother Jay, um, who else? Okay, we talked about arrogant, mean green, rest in peace. You know, yeah. I we I, we meet volume 10, Dino and I, we went to um visit Mean Green when he was, you know, he showed us his amazing property out here, you know. He was really gonna get into the uh the industry, the marijuana industry out here. So I still got the text messages and the stuff from him telling me to come out. And now I just built a studio. We do, you know, just the excitement. Yeah, it was a, it was very dope. You know, hold up. My joint needs to be plugged into. Hold on. Hold on a second. Dang. I wish you would have got involved with the brother out here. You know, that took a lot of vision. A lot of vision for him to consider that huge place he had down there. Did you ever did you ever see it? Did you ever um, no, check it out? No. Huge. It was a warehouse, basically. It was a huge warehouse. And he had a studio facility. He took me and volume on a whole tour. And it was really lovely. You know what yeah. I mean? Really, really visionary with that, you know me pictures of it like he was doing it you know as he was building and he sent me pictures of you know progress pictures and stuff yeah you know so many people were like really sad around the time when he passed you know in 2020 that's Mm -hmm. what inspired the koala harris thing i was doing like this little comedy thing with uh, doing a parody of uh kamala harris and it was because, you know, a lot of friends in our circle, like shout out BJ, BJ mm-hmm. T Love fame, you know, Urban Props, um, and others. They were just really sad around that time. We were losing a bunch of friends during that corona thing. And um, you know, comedy is 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 a really helpful way to get through things. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Hey, how did you do during that thing? You know what I mean? You know, I, I really you know, to be honest, I never really got over it. You know what I mean? Because um, that was like one of my favorite, you know, homies. At that, I mean, because we've gone through so much. You know, we built so much together. You know, we made classic records together. We toured together, and that's like a, a brother. Literally, when they say brother from another mother, that's kind of like what it was. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, I just lost my dad this June, and wow. it's, it's like you never really can reconcile that. You feel me? You can never, you can never say, "Oh, I'm I'm cool." No, there's a part of me that will never be okay with the deaths of people that were that close to me. 
You know what I'm saying? Sorry to hear that. Profound. Thank you. So profound in my life and so prolific in helping mold me. It's hard. You know, it's not the, you know, these just ain't just some, you know, homies from whatever, you know, is my dad who was never there. It was not, no, no, no. These people were pillars in my life, you know, certain parts of my life where I probably wouldn't even be here or be who I am if, I, if they weren't in my life for one reason or the other, you know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, it, it, it was rough, but i tell you what softened the blow a little bit is like you said, we were losing so many people at that time. It's almost like every time you picked up your phone or you got a call, somebody had passed away. So you almost didn't have, I almost didn't have time to mourn, you know, my brother dying. You feel what I'm saying? Because so many other people were just dying left and right too, you know, and it was bad. Um, the memorial, we did a song and all that for, for, for me and Green too. But um, the memorial and the, the fraternity feeling that we had when we shot the video for it, shout out to Rifleman who coordinated this whole thing. And my man Stro One, who did one of the dopest murals, I you know, um, shout out to them. It it made me feel. Um, it helped heal me, you know what I mean? Because he meant as much as he meant to me, to other people too. And that felt good, you know. It just wasn't me, like oh no no no. Everybody was feeling that that loss, because Green was like a force in everybody's life one way or the other. He was almost like a motivational speaker, you know what I'm saying, to all the homies, you know. And, and you know, when they say, oh, he'll give you the shirt off his back, he literally would, you know what I'm saying? He literally would do that, you know. And to lose somebody like that, it you can't, you can never replace that. But one thing I'll say is it felt, I felt the warmth of all those brothers and sisters out there that night. And everybody, basically um, nationwide, who tapped in saying, you know, especially folks in Atlanta that tapped in saying that they really are hurt by, you know, Green's loss, you know, losing yeah. Green. August 14th, right? I think it was like August 14th or something like that. Yeah, I look at my, um, I look at my text messages. I believe it was around that time because um, it was, wasn't around his birthday or something like that? Yeah. It was it was gonna happen i think his birthday was probably a month off i'm not sure i think it was a month off maybe i don't know but i just remember yeah it was a gang of the homies that was feeling his particular mm -hmm. energy when it when it left the planet yeah that, that was bad because he was it was he was so prolific you know so you know and, and he was one of the only people and i don't know anybody today that can write as much as he does and did you know he he wrote so many songs he had so i mean there's music out there that he has that when he was out here i left him with a cd of about i don't know maybe 60 tracks i don't know and he was like man i just did four albums i'm like oh man so i've, I've never heard any of the material it's somewhere but he that's how he would do it he would just get in there and just it would just flow, just flow so. wow okay and then i got two two questions one did you ever get to the international aspect of your life? Like, do you have international distribution or did you ever make it out the country? Have you been to Europe or Africa? Yeah, 
that um, I've never been to the continent, but um, I was in Europe a, a bunch of times. And that was because after about, uh, say, after the patchwork thing was done, after the Atlanta patchwork thing, that ended probably in like 98, 99. I got signed to, to a label out here that was distributed by Sony Germany. So I was in Germany a lot. And that first single, Confessions, is what we did. And that was in Europe. That was just like a Europe release. Um, I got to play that. And um, we did we did good. I loved going out there back and forth because I had never been out the country. And, you know, I thought it was a big deal to go to Oakland, right, when I first went. And being able to travel the south and travel back east and all that, it, it was dope. And then to go overseas was like even crazier. Like what, you know? And then become a frequent flyer. You know, got a passport, stamps all over the place. Like, oh, but France, you know what I'm saying? So, it it was dope. And we, and um, yeah, I've, I've been fortunate enough to uh, travel out of this country, but I have not gone to the continent. So when you say traveled, I mean like, so when you went to Germany, did you go to the little smaller little? Did you go to Brussels? Did you go to Paris? I went to Brussels. Um, we did stop in Paris. Um, we went to France. Um, Dusseldorf, Brussels, Berlin, Hamburg were all the ones that I remember. Stuttgart was another place, you know. So we were, we had different, like we would go out there, um, they would have different shows. You know, I did the Mercedes Benz, whatever, uh, not fashion show, but auto show show. However, I don't know. You know, I was just doing what I was asked to do. Say, hey, before <laughs> here, do it. You know what I mean? Um, in different venues, different shows, in different little hip hop enclaves in different parts of Europe. I mean, in different parts of Germany, I should say. Um, Hamburg was, I think, where the uh, label was uh, based out of. So I was usually in Hamburg. But you know how it is when you when you're on tour you're traveling you know you got a an itinerary he's like hey man we got to take a small flight over here or we're going to drive over here there's a radio station i mean it was a, a full-on promo tour you know just like we would do in the states you know you go to these radio stations you meet people you sign autographs you do all this kind of stuff would you would you be open to like a major now or would you are, are you are you independent now what's your status totally independent Totally independent. Um, are you open to distribution? Or are you doing that? You know, it, it's almost, I, I wouldn't say it's unnecessary, but the machine is well-oiled when you talk about distribution. It's well-oiled. Let's put it that way. They know everything they need to do to get your record all across the globe. Um. When you're coming out of wherever you're coming out of and you only have your phone and you think that's distribution, not really distribution. I know they got label, well, then they got companies that can distribute your stuff. I would have to weigh it. It's like, is it necessary to give you a percentage of something I can do for free or, or something? Or is it necessary for me to give you this money that I can be using for something else when I can actually do the same thing you're going to do? Or is it the label, you know, such and such uh, distributed by Arista or BMG? It's like, ooh, or, you know, whatever. 
I think it's more the name, you know. I, I mean, it's not, I'm not closed off to it, but that's definitely not in the scope right now, you know. Especially after this big Kanye thing. I mean, I don't know. Do you think that's going to change anything? Do you think that these contract people will be more honorable or is it going to be like, is it really per person? Like, we don't know exactly what everybody's contracts look like or do we? Well, you know what? Knowledge is power. And, and on some Kanye, like, hold on, let me read that. Let me let my lawyer check this out. That's empowering. And that's your empowerment right there. You know what I'm saying? You you go in there knowing that you're not going to pull the wool over my eyes. You know what I'm saying? You go in there saying, no, 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 no. You That, what? I, I do all the work, and all you do is sit behind your computer and give orders to people, and you take in my intellectual property, and you make Hello, hello, hello. I don't know if you can tell that you're frozen, brother. I can't, you're not moving. You there? Yeah, for some reason it, it just stopped. I don't okay. know. Okay. But no, uh, conspiracy theory and on that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Delete. Here it is. If you make $10 million for a label, I think it's ethical and it's okay to be 50 50. But that's not how the game works. That's not how this music game works. And that's what's the problem. We'll all be happy with 50-50. You know what I'm saying? But some artists don't even, well, they might even average 12%, 24% for a big artist. But, you know, Michael Jackson was like, no, this is 50-50. He can do that. And they just said, okay. They didn't like that, but 50-50. And it's fair. It's not because he's huge. It's just fair. If you're an artist that's not so big, 50-50 you would think you'd go into a deal with somebody that that should be okay. You know, why should it be 80-20? What? I do 100% of the work, but you get 80% of my profit. You give me 20%, and then you got to break all that down with all the other people that, come on, man. The splits are crazy. And it and it's it, it's not a game for people who want to come in and make money like that you got to know what you're doing and if the kanye thing sparks people's understanding and make them more educated before signing that deal hey it was it was all for something that's an excellent point but i would also add that you know they were very clear on the type of people they signed you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying that's how they could get away with that because right. again I had the 200 page contract from when I was getting a deal with boys to men, you know, I actually read every page of mine. I know most people didn't do that, but no. I actually had the time to read all 200 pages. Wow. Wow. And, and you were like, no, <laughs> you know what, you know, what's so sad. I, I was disgusted with it, but I was still willing to sign it just to get in. Mm. And we were, and, and we were negotiating. I had the Johnny Cochran people, negotiating my contract. It took six months to negotiate that thing. That's and I, they... 
I still was willing at the end of the day, I was willing to, you know what I mean? Because I wanted to get in. That's exactly how they get you. Yeah, especially your very first contract. That's crazy. See, my my thing was a little, I wouldn't say different, but it was because I, you're a rapper and you're um, a composer too. So as a producer and a rapper, you, you know what I'm saying? You, you almost have a leg up on it, you know, so to speak. They'll still take your splits and all this kind of stuff, but it almost balances out because you're making more than the average rapper would because you're not paying anybody for your music and you're getting paid to do your own music. So quick, I have a question about that. Okay, Chloe Bailey, I don't know if you know who that is, the little young lady signed, okay, Beyonce. Um, she, Beyonce? She signed to Beyonce. Beyonce. Uh, she called her something else, yeah. She Park signed Land. to Beyonce. Park, Park viewer, I don't know what it's called, but she signed right. to her label. But I think they were, she was trying to kind of complain about the fact that she said that she produces her, most of her own tracks and she was saying that they don't give her a separate production contract that she still she gets paid for producing and as the artist in one thing like she says i don't get the the, the split i get the wow just feeling ripped off some kind of way and they made her hush her mouth about that real quick but wow. that was a valid and interesting point i'd never heard that before mm. so i didn't know if you had any insight on the production producer splits on those things or is it, it's probably per artist yes per artist it, and you negotiate however you negotiate you know what i'm saying it, it's just that you don't when you're in-house it, it's kind of doing the label a favor and i guess that's probably what chloe bailey is doing that i don't know i'm not familiar with her contract but if they're rolling it all in there and they don't have like specific splits for her production and her points and all this kind of royalties and stuff. I don't know. I don't know if I would have signed that too much, but you know what I'm saying? She's very gonna... young. You know, they signed those two girls when they were still like teenagers. Yeah. They were yeah. young and their parents would have been part of, you know, in charge. Yeah, it's time to renegotiate. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, you know, not to be talking about folks I don't even know. Back to you. Um, yeah. So, did you ever go to Elements? No. You know about Elements, though, that whole... Yeah, I was like a regular for like two solid years every whenever it was. About what year was it, you think? That was like 97 to 99. Kind oh, of thing. I was gone. I was Something in like that. No, I was in Atlanta. It's a, it's a lot of stuff that was going on when I wasn't home. Out here, I was mm -hmm. in Atlanta almost for a solid two two years something like that atlanta yeah because that's where patchworks was the label right that was uh uh oh, don't say it hold on i want to say la reed but it's well, not right. studio out there it was la reed studio it was dallas austin studio it was bobby brown studio it was patchwork and patchwork was the newest of all those um the original one on peach street peach tree yeah i remember that street yeah that was that was dope man and that's when um because the the way because patchwork just the, the quick history patchwork was um uh bob whitfield's label and he was um one of the players from the atlanta falcons but him and raz went to high school together 
um, and it was ran by uh, my boy, shout out to BJ Kerr. He was um, running at the time, you know, and along with my boy Curtis, and who still runs the label, who runs the studio now. And um, as far as the label is concerned, he set that label up out there in Atlanta. And Raz was the first artist on that label, and then to be signed, then I was, and then Green was. So it was kind of like a, a, a miniature death row. We just, we, you know, what I mean, it was the studio. And it was the record label in one building. And we came in contact with practically everybody dope from the 90s. You know, it, it, I, it's too many to name, you know. But they were recording in Patchwork. And that's when I first ran into people like Usher, Lil Jon, uh, Goody Mob. Um, man, it, my God, everybody from that Atlanta um uh, outcast from that Atlanta enclave that was just so big at that time. Um, they were all recording in there. You know what I mean? And it'd be funny. We would play pool. It would be T.I. It was, it was like a family. I didn't even know it. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I'm from LA, so I don't really know. I think I remember outcast on the radio in LA, you know what I'm saying? I might like that, but that's really them. You know what I'm saying? It was dope, you know? And, I was saying that to say that during that time, I was so focused on this record, on my record, um, finishing up Raz's record, doing Green's record, um, and it, so Michael Myers, with so many people I was doing music for at that time, that I was there so much that I would get calls back from home from things like, how are you talking about elements was this and that? I hadn't, it was right over my head because I was never there. I, it had came and went by the time I got back home and stayed, you know what I'm saying? Because it was so much stuff I was doing outside of L.A. that I had no idea of a lot of things that was going on. Very interesting. Yeah, I did notice you weren't around. That's why. <laughs> I was out, yep. Doing my record and everybody else's. It was um, the pictures we got and a lot of them was me and Green and... Um, Mike, Rad, everybody. Luckily, we had a lot of people shooting pictures at the time, because you know I, I'll say that if you don't have photographs, you know you kind of like forget about it. You know, luckily we got photos of so much of that of of our lives at that time. It's really dope. Do me a favor, so if you don't mind, if you wouldn't mind sending some of those, because when I re-edit this, because I'm gonna repost this, right, and I want to add pictures and stuff i'm gonna add stuff to this you got the one with um with group home and feral munch and, and everybody on there i do yeah you had that one and then this, this, that. i gotta go in my little archives and i'm gonna add that yeah. and then i found a few online too like yeah, but i want i want you to you know personal you know your own thing because i want you to you know maybe even elaborate on a story or two that you wouldn't mind sharing mm -hmm. there are some true heads out here they are sitting in there watching yes shout, shout out, out to oh, sorry. Go ahead. no i was saying shout out to everybody that's watching right now you know i love it you know my, this is actually the first time i ever did an interview on this type of platform so it's new to me so i appreciate you Hey, uh, I appreciate you. I mean, yeah. I 
think you're my second after Coolio. I did Coolio. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was just doing, oh, no, nah, that's not true. My husband. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. But I, you know, but I didn't do StreamYard with him. I mean, I just kind of sat with him in the bedroom, bathroom. Right. <laughs> and just in talk, yeah. That's dope, man. That's dope. I mean, me and my, my wife would, would talk about having conversations with people that you kind of got to archive it because you never know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Especially now it's like, man, you know, so you, you want to be able to something you want to show your children. Now they can Google you and see you live and you might not even be here in the physical, but they can actually go back and hear you talk. You know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, do an interview or hear your music or watch your videos and stuff like that. So it's important that we do stuff like this. And it's important to set records straight. It's important um, to have the people that were on the front lines uh, letting y'all know and letting the younger generation know what's, what really went on. You know, we ain't going nowhere. Everything, you know. I'm thankful that you mentioned that. I, I just want to say some serendipitous stuff, okay? He passed, Coolio passed on September 28th. And yeah. I just happened to call him that day, right? That was tripping me out already. Like, I didn't know he passed. And I was just like, because I procrastinated mm -hmm. for two days before he passed. I, someone was like, call Coolio, call Coolio. And I, you know, was busy in my own family world. So finally, I was like, okay, stop procrastinating and call him. And then mm -hmm. I called him. And Nigga, then, I, right? I left the message like, hey. And then I get two texts literally within five to 10 minutes after I called them. And it was like, is it true? Did you hear? And I was like, oh, my heart sank. You know, I haven't really been sleeping much since he passed. Like I, I haven't slept more than like two or three hours. I'm not even joking, man. I'm being sincere. I haven't slept more than two or three hours since he passed. And really, it's just. I've had other friends pass too, like my boy, Dr. Dontrell Claiborne, rest in peace, he passed. And then my friend, this sister named Sally, my friend Stacy's mother, she um, she allowed me to live with her. Like, like I got kicked out when I was like 16 mm -hmm. and I was living around in LA. I told you I was homeless mm -hmm. a, bit, a little bit. And she was one of the sisters that was like, nah, you not on my watch. Yeah, come on in. So in 12th grade, you know, the second half of 12th grade, my friend Stacy, shout out, her mother allowed me to live with her till I graduated from high school. And um, she just passed, man. Mm. So it was like Don Chanel, then Sally, and then Coolio. And I was just, it was just a lot on my my heart. Yeah. Well, especially if you're, if you're empathetic or empath, like, like I am, it, it death doesn't don't sit well with me you know what i'm saying depending on who it is it's like man that just don't feel right you know and you really don't know how um how that connection is until it's severed you really don't know you feel me you really don't know until they're not here it's like oh really you know what i'm saying it, it almost hits you like a truck you know, like I said, when my, my dad passed and it, it was a slow burn, so it wasn't a shock like, uh, what? You know what I mean? But it 
I don't really want to say it softened it because he his presence is still, you know, I, I still he's still not here. So I feel his emptiness, you know, I'm empty without him. But it was crazy that I would think if it would happen suddenly, I would have felt better. No, I think the slow one is what made me prepare for his passing. But when he finally passed, it felt like it was sudden to me, if that makes sense. It, was like, it oh. does, it does, you know, because even though you know the inevitable's coming and we yeah. all have to cross through that too, you know, we all know at some point we're all gonna have that experience, you know, inshallah, you know what I mean? Um, it's just like, uh, I still, I, plus the stuff the brother was building on. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the last interview and he was about to do some stuff. I'm like, I'm cool like, on that. I'm cool on that. Yeah, man. Like, and then I noticed I've been saying I'm cool on that. You know, I'm like, that was going to be funny as hell, man. That, that's crazy. That's but crazy. then you got to go where the money trail goes, right? Right. It, it could have just been like we said, just the, the timing, the creator, just it was his time. And or it could be more, it could be, you know, like like a week after they said he hit a billion views on YouTube. They're like, nope. And then he's talking about I kill pedophiles and uh what else he was talking some Andrew Chrome yeah. or whatever. He was it, talking some stuff. He was he was he was going there. Stem cells or whatever. Yeah, he was going there. Then it becomes like like the reason I even wanted to interview him, not just because I really honor you guys, I really do. Um, but I just felt like the brother's getting older, you know what I mean? And there were some questions I just wanted to ask him, or just like you said, I wanted to document mm -hmm. him certain things. People don't know how intellectual he 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 was, you know what I mean? He's very intellectual person. Oh. Yeah, he was. And and to me, it, it goes to the adage that street guys, quote unquote, are highly intelligent. You just don't think they are because, you know, what precedes them is, you know, their hair, their, their swag, the, the stuff they say. But when you sit down and talk to them, well, what? You know what I'm saying? It, it can be something real deep. You know, because it, you gotta remember they they've lived a life that lots of folks not just dream of, but would never want to to live, and they get some knowledge from that. And if they're able to to talk to you about it, that's incredible. You know, it's it's not a it's nothing that you just want to st shake a stick at. They, people are really super smart. If I mentioned quick before, you listen to DJ Quick Talk, it's like. What you don't you don't think in your head you know like, nah this he is not dropping this knowledge like smartest like you know what I'm saying you would think he was some type of PhD or something the way he would um the way he comes across and explains himself you know e what I mean E forty huh E forty E forty yeah man you listen to them brothers talk it's like <laughs> what and they street dudes you know what I'm saying or at least. A part of their life is on some street stuff, you know what I'm saying? So that's incredible.
I can I share this story? I, I, yeah. I want to share this. So, so when we went to Louisiana, Julio mm-hmm. Rascas, Paul Stewart, Billy Boy, me, and whoever mm-hmm. music sh- people. Um, that's right around when Easy first died. Easy E at first mm-hmm. died. I just want to share these little stories. I remember on the plane, Coolio was looking through his black, this little black book, you know, before phones, right? He was looking through his little black book. And I was like, why are you looking through your little black book all panicky? And he was like, me and Easy shared some of the same hoes. And I was like, so you think, what you think? What? He's so like, uh, <laughs> he was a little worried. A little nervous, a little nervous there. But okay, so when we get to Louisiana, right? The people were so poor, they couldn't afford a ticket to the show, you know, the mm. shows that, you know, had all these artists. So we all, everybody went to this little club, like all the artists from the East Coast, the Southwest. It was like a, just a, a club. And, you know, I'm dancing. I, back then I was really into my chucks and my baggy pants and all that. I wasn't trying to look outwardly sexy, you know, I'm trying to do my little intellectual frequency sexy. And right. uh, I had like a some, I guess a glass of wine i don't know i was just grooving to myself on the dance floor and guess who comes behind me child old dirty bastard right odb so he starts like dancing like me i wasn't i was just doing my little whatever dancing and he takes me with him to the back stage area because there was a stage there and i'm sitting there with you god method man uh the whole Wu-Tang. <laughs> oh. All of them, except for, I don't think Bobby Digital was there, you know what I'm saying? But Jizza was there. Rizza, I don't think, Rizza might have been there. Mm. I just remember you guy because to me, he was such a brat. He was such a, like, he was a teenage boy at the time still. So everybody was about to get on the mic, and I remember he was like, me, I want to get on the mic. He was, like, begging, you know what I mean? He was, like, really being an annoying, like, little brother. Right to the cats and i just remembered that because i'm the oldest of four of us so i i really i have a tendency to catch that you know what i'm saying that behavior so anyway the point is they were brilliant like method man was like breaking down something in a cypher he was like you know you know what i'm saying whatever he was talking about i was like oh my god he's Mm. brilliant he's freaking brilliant Old Dirty yeah. Bastard, too. I mean, it was just breaking down or something. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And so then, like, they get on stage. And, Where's the name Wu-Tang, right? So then they go out <laughs> on stage. And I'm on stage with Wu-Tang, right? Yeah. They're like, Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang. And I'm all, Wu-Tang, right? Crazy. Yeah. And then fucking Coolio's like, get your ass off the stage. <laughs> like, my crew was over on the stage, like, get off the stage. Like, you can't with us. You can't be on the stage with the Wu Tang. That was funny. What year is this about? This was ninety five. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Get off the stage, girl. You over there. <laughs> That's when it was about to start, right there. The East West crowd. Right. It was just starting then. Okay, so they had a they had a, a record label of the year uh-huh. competition. I just yeah. knew Death Row was gonna win. Who won? They won. Bad boy one. I was surprised. I was surprised because Death Row was putting it down right then. It was Snoop's album, Chronic album. Yeah. It was so Biggie came out, but there there was nobody else super popping yet. 
I mean, Lil' Kim was dope. They wasn't on no death row level in 95. Not in 95. And then that goes back to my drink champ, drink champs thing. I don't do you ever watch that show? I catch some pieces every once in a while. I never I'm not yeah, it's a, like a three and a half, three and a half yeah, hours. Yeah. That's a lot of that's a lot of talking. A lot of drinking, a lot of smoking. But you know what? I really enjoy those long ass podcasts like we're doing right now. You'd yeah. be surprised, bro. People be looking at this shit like three, four in the morning, like two, three in the morning. They do. I'm one of them. Yeah. And what people do is clean up voodoo or smoke, lay in the bed, smoke, watch a sh- drink, whatever they do. They yeah. watch this stuff. Just be um, back. Hours. Yeah. So drink champs. So, okay. Um, yeah, man, they don't really they don't really give the West they props. And I also noticed that um, a lot of East Coast artists, when they're asked about West Coast artists, mm. you know, one cat, I forget his name, he mentioned Razcaz was one of his favorite West Coast artists. Nice. But he had listed like six or seven East Coast artists first, right? And uh, he kind of, just people tend to not think of West Coast artists as lyricists per se. You know, but that's because they don't know um, enough they, about you, right? Or Raz, or Volume Ten, even, or you know, the underground artists. Me, yeah. shit, I give up. Yeah, like what? Yeah, the, think about really, mm. like freestyle fellowship. Oh my lyrics, God. lyrics, what? You abstract food. Come on, abstract, all of it. It's, it's did you crazy. know? Did you know Micah Nine and Talib Kweli were roommates back east? Did you know that? Mm-mm. Like Mike and I had this whole East Coast experience that people don't even know about. Do you know how many people he probably influenced that don't give him his props? Now, some people might say, why are props important? Well, just like people don't know, Charlie Parker spent a gang of time on the West Coast. You know, Bird. Right. The most prolific jazz artist in the new jazz era of the 1950s. Yeah. Spent a lot of time in the West Coast, right on Central. Crazy. That's important for people to know. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. That's you true. Know, um, I could well, go on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was saying props are important because um, <clears throat> it lets you know it, it's, it's part of history. It's part of history. Are you on any of those under, are you on any of those like documentaries? I don't think so. No. Are you on This Is The Life? No. I don't think so. And unless that's somebody, what I'm no, saying. Yeah, unless somebody got got a clip from something else. but not No, really. you're not, bro. I, I'm. A, it was a rhetorical question. And the point is, shame on that. And so that's why we got to tell our own stories. You know who else I reached out to? Um, the dream is to get Skilo, okay? Because that that little brother right there, that's who I came to the good life with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Skilo the homie, man. I haven't yep. seen him. Like, I used to study with the Nation. Shout out Nation, Compton, uh, mm-hmm. Mosque, and also the Crenshaw. And um, that's where I bumped into him. You know what I'm saying? Like, because he was studying with the Nation as well. Shout out to yep. the MPT, NOI. Amazing. Love studying and building with the sisters and brothers. But... um. Yep. He's he's very reclusive, like mm. like you. Like <laughs> that's why I'm saying I'm thankful. 
I need Skilo. Like Skilo, he's not he's not really doing interviews, and neither uh, T Love either. Man, I, I mean, yeah. I reached T Love a bunch of times, and she's just had such terrible experiences in L.A. with wow. the you know with the crabs in the barrel syndromes. You know, she ain't even trying to do rap no. with the folks or do anything pertaining to rap, which we, is terrible. Yeah, it makes sense. We were supposed to do. How many times did I reschedule this interview? About <laughs> it's you not know? just you. Yeah, man. I'm gonna bust people out. Orco, shout out. <laughs> same, same. Fish. Yeah. Rid Riddler, shout out. Same, same. And I, I just, get it. Bro. You know when when it happened uh, when I'm you first calling y'all out. When you first happened, when you first hollered at me. Um. It was during the time my dad was sick when he was in the hospital. So it was no, he was like, no, no, because I, I couldn't do, literally, I couldn't do nothing. You know, but my mouth is a jar because I would not have pushed you like no, that. No, you, and, and then when I told you, he was like, oh, no, my God. You know, because of course you didn't. Damn. Yeah, you, you had already, you, you hit me. You was like, yo, I am so sorry. Hit me when you write. You know what I mean? And I'm just now. That was in when did you say this is uh I don't even remember. February, March, April, May. He passed in June, so it was somewhere before that because he was sick during that time and then June and here we are damn near November. So I give thanks, you know, timing is everything. I don't yeah. think I was in the right headspace, you know. Um Correct. I had gotten fired from like my second teaching job this year, that year. I got lied on like two different experiences by middle school people who don't think, you know, that they don't think about livelihoods and, and reputations and careers and stuff like that. Cause you don't want to write a five paragraph essay. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't in the right headspace. Um, yeah. This generation made me almost want to quit the field of teaching, bro. Mm. Yeah, because um, the behaviors, and again, like you had mentioned before about the sexuality confusions, that pops up in the classroom, you know. And I'm considered a, 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 a what they call highly whatever qualified millennial style teacher because I use technology in the classroom and all that stuff. Yeah. But I also have manners, mm -hmm. and I think my manners are probably considered old school manners. You know what I'm saying? I don't do the talking back thing. You know, the whole we back and forth that, you know. No, no. Yeah, no, no. And so when you can correct that. Yeah. Um, you're the bad guy. She's mean. Right. But I'm not. They know I'm not mean. I'm actually considered too nice. I've been told that. You're too nice, Mrs. Hawkins. You're too nice. But when I snap off, which ain't really snapping off. It's just like after I see that you can't read nor write. Um, your comprehension levels are low. You know, I work to get you to where you need to get. And that's a guarantee. You can't sugarcoat it. That's true. And so um, don't talk while I'm talking. If you, you can't finish, you can't spell, like, sit down. So they all want to eat hot chips and run in and out the room. This is what I recommend to parents. I always say, hey, uh, parents, again, 80% of the workforce that's working with your children, you may not care about that, you know, but I've seen how these women talk to our children in the hallways. 
Yeah, you know, I've, I've had to, uh, you know, not tap in or intercede, you know, because that will cause some other drama. But what I have do done, what I have done did did was, um, uh, you know, while I'm walking with my students and I see these students and I hear the tone cracking off, uh, I'll look at the students and I'll say, um, make sure that you're carrying yourself in the most respectful way. I don't remember what I would say. Whatever it was at the time, I let them, as the old people used to call it, signifying, mm -hmm. signify to my little, you know, compadres. Mm -hmm. Let them know I'm seeing you. I'm seeing you. Mm -hmm. I see you. Yeah. yeah. Just because it is, it is a fact. And there's been plenty of video, plenty of TikToks, whatever, of how those others talk to our children it's been it, it, it's not just the police it goes in every other um industry you can think of where they're in control they talk to us as if we're they talk to their dogs better than they talk to us and they treat their dogs better than they treat us most of the time that's an that's an actual fact why are children why are they having the same problem every year? I mean, I know the answer to this, but literally they always complain that reading test reading scores are always a grade or two behind. Not on my watch. Right. But uh, you know, it's because they don't give a damn. Okay. That's and they're also trying to um regress. You know, there's a book called Dumbing You Down, Dumbing Us Down. Mm -hmm. And it talks about like why you know, the purpose of them dumbing down children. They're purposely dumbing down the children. They say they don't expect everybody to graduate from high school because they don't have enough jobs for everybody. Now that might be changing because, you know, the fast food industry is becoming the main industry. Like mm. I was tripping that a fast food manager makes about the same as a teacher. The teacher's got to go through tests and college degrees and all this stuff and deal with the stress of teaching when I could just flip burgers, right. I could just press buttons. That's right. That's right. Three cheeseburgers, four large fry, two cokes, beep, 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 and have way less stress. Yeah. Way less stress. Yeah, that's true. They never give, and I've always said this, they never give teachers enough money, enough power, enough resources. They never do. And, and, and I get it. You know what I'm saying? I get why they do that. Me too. They say it's because they want to attract a certain type of person who's not in it for the money. Right. I get that. But, you know, we have to have a living wage, man. But you have to have a living wage, though. What, that doesn't make any sense. You can say that to any industry, but that don't make any sense. You, Of course you want to attract the people that love it. But there's also a love of livelihood that you should, should consider when um you hiring people like that you should want to pay them an exorbitant an exorbitant amount of money because they're doing so much for the next generation they're supposed to now we're not talking about these other clown teachers we're not talking about none of that but we're talking about the what the the original reason teaching or having teachers is here for which is to teach the youth and if you don't 
see the power in that, if you don't see the sanctity of that, then I don't know what to say. That's that's pretty. You're pretty fucked up for that. You know what I mean? You got to pay those people. You know, literally, it's. You know, some. I mean, I'm not no pro firemen, police, and all this kind of stuff. But me either. You you're not supposed to pay those people less than what you pay. Um, you know, if you pay a somebody in a in the entertainment business or the sports industry more than you pay the people in your society's foundation that help keep it going and protect it, something wrong with you. You know, I, I don't I don't think you should have to pay a fireman. You know. $200 million, but they certainly will pay a basketball player that much. You know what I'm saying? Get that man, get that fireman some more money. Maybe they won't have the high suicide rate than the police, but you know what I mean? You got to think about this stuff. Money, it, that's important. It's very important because it's not just about your bank account. It's about like generational wealth. It's, it's so many things that's rolled up into that and, get, and circling back to the teaching, the teachers, it's the same thing. They got families and kids and houses and mortgages and rent too. You know what I'm saying? They deserve more than what you give them because they do so much. The good teachers, they do so much. You know, they're not doing some BS curriculum. You know what I mean? They're not letting, you know, I ain't going to say all that, but they're not letting certain people in your classroom reading books to your kids. You know what I'm saying? They're not letting that happen. Pay those teachers that have, uh, decorum and, and, and a moral standing pay those teachers what they that what they deserve to get paid you know it's as simple as that but like you said they they pay you a certain way because they're trying to attract a certain type of teacher somebody that, said oh not somebody there's a, sylvia somebody says uh, alaska just raised minimum wage by 51 cents that's it what is the minimum wage in alaska anyway what could it be how about that <laughs> what could that be? What? I know this is. I'm, I'm not sure how much you're willing to share time-wise with me at this time, but man, it's just it's just beautiful to have you on here. Um, did you want to? Did you have any questions? Did you have anything you wanted to share with the people? I know you have um, new music popping off. We're gonna get these videos cracking too. Um, in your world and also brother you need to get up on some TikTok. yeah they they telling me and doing need to do all of that stuff and my, my daughter who's 16 she's like dad if you know she give me that look like bro if you don't knock it off and, and get right um and everybody in my orbit has been telling me that you know what i mean um no it's just that you know i don't want to make it seem like i'm some weirdo you know recluse or anything like that but i just always stayed in myself and worked on my craft so no my it, it kind of upset my daughter one time somebody made a comment it was like i remember who to where is he is he dead and then she responded she was like no my father is not dead he, you know it was funny and that, that kind of like got me like, yeah man you you know you know we're from when the internet stuff started, you know what I'm saying? So we weren't born in it. We're the generation that basically set it off. 
You know, I remember flip phone, flip phones, and Star or Sky Tag, whatever they're called, Star Tax, and Sky Tell. I can't remember all those different. You know, all that stuff. We come from the pager era. You know what I'm saying? That's what that's the era we come from. So, internet came along. It was in its infancy, and everybody didn't have a computer. Everybody couldn't afford a computer. Everybody, first of all, the smartphones weren't invented yet. So this generation is like, what do you mean? No. Well, because in 1990 and 1995, in the year 2000, they didn't have this. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have, well, we can afford a laptop and carry a computer in our pocket. We didn't have that. So, you know, we I still come from that school where, you know, I like tangibles. I like to go do things. I like to not be on the computer and all that kind of stuff. I know during this time, we have this generation, we got to, everybody got to get on board with certain things you know i'm slowly doing it but i'm still working on my stuff you know what i'm saying and we're all working on it my, my my crew bop shout out to all of them if they listen it and um it's just one of those things where i stay to myself and i and i study this game i'm a student of this game and that's one of the reasons why you don't see me out a lot I have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of music. So that's one of the reasons why I, I stay put. Now, are you do you have your own established label of sorts? No, not not in the um, traditional sense. Are you open to that? Or are we going to talk offline about that? Yeah, stuff? no, I'm, I'm, op- I'm open to it for sure. You know, okay. because I, oh. I need a, a lane to put that music out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we go. We go holler at that. We go holler about that. We have, um, like, my my brothers in my group were talking about um, distribution and everything that goes with putting the album out. I mean, we we all know what it is we gotta do. We know. It's just so, a matter. It's a matter. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm saying it's just a matter of implementing it, putting it in motion, so we know what to do. You know. Yes, because I know that just like you have prolific, you are a prolific and profound artist. Thank we, you. And like you said, we're still living. Yeah. We still find. Sylvia says uh, $10.34 is the minimum wage in Alaska. She says having a hard time finding subs and now offering $20 to be a sub at our schools. $25 is if you have a college degree. Yeah, that's about how much I was getting paid last year. Um $25. I did not know that. Like when I That's broke that dollar down, like I had to figure out what I was getting an hour. $25 an hour is what I was getting to teach. After the all these years of teaching. $25? When you know it should be double. Get out of here. $25 about <laughs> And when I was doing like some DoorDash just to be breaking, you know, you know. I saw Panda Express. It was like twenty five dollars to be an assistant manager. So that shows you the importance of fast food. They're willing to pay the same amount they pay a teacher that's been in the game for a minute. No, disrespectful. Sorry, not to get back on that, but that just that just. uh, uh. Thank you, Sylvia. That's crazy. But I wonder what the well the cost of living in Alaska. Probably it's not the same from what right. I've been told. I've had a few people who are teachers that taught up in Alaska and they said it's about the same like as the West Coast. 
You know, it ain't outrageous, like $3,000 a month, like some of the homies is paying in LA, but it's not cheap. You know, everything is going up everywhere. It's just crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's garbage. Let me yeah. see. Um, okay, so let me see. I had some, I'm trying to see some other questions. I think you pretty much get everything I wanted to ask you. I did put your cash app in the, uh, in the comment section. Um, I think on YouTube, you guys can see that as D Whitaker. It's dollar sign D Whitaker. Um, I appreciate that. I would have put, I would have, I was trying to say you could put it on your thing. I know that you don't, you're a very humble spirit and you probably didn't want to come off pretentious by putting your cash right. app at the bottom. Don't nobody send me no money anyway. I just put it up on there hoping <laughs> somebody will support the cause. Nobody, people just, I, I don't know what they think. I don't know if they think I already got money. Don't nobody pay me. I'm not doing it for the money. I'm not doing this for the dough. Like nobody's sponsoring this. You know what I mean? I'm doing right. this because. I have a sincere admiration for a lot of the artists that like don't seem to get the shine. And, you know, at the tip of the iceberg is the AC alone freestyle fellowship, good life folk. And that's because of Ava DuVernay shout out, you know, that's, Ava DuVernay. You know? That's crazy. My, my boy rifle, man. He, he told me, I was like, she was and he was like yeah that was a uh, what was the name of uh body of what was the name of her group uh, uh, uh wait hold on something body right wait, wait, uh, oh my god don't get it twisted you come just for a visit but you think it went going away hold on don't get it twisted don't get it twisted and then i can't at this moment think of it but i was bumping it the other day body of work or something body uh I can't remember, but anyway, yeah. wait, why not just Google it? Jesus, okay, yeah. Ava DuVernay rap group. What if it's like white speech? Figures of speech, see, figure body, you know, yeah, I knew, uh, yeah, they were super dope. I like totally looked up to them, man. I was looking up to Ava and Rhonda so bad, they were so freaking beautiful and dope. Good luck. It was it was it was it was BJ and T Love. Historically, mm -hmm. BJ and T Love as Urban Prop were the first West Coast female raps rapper. That can't be true because there was JJ Fat. Mm -hmm. But they were listed as the first to have a a, a, a contract, hmm. a rap duo to have a contract. But that obviously can't be true because there was there was uh, there was JJ Fat. So oh, I don't know. Tell me that maybe because it was three, then JJ Fat is. Okay, so they were first female rap duo. Okay, <clears throat> and then and figures of speech were outstanding, and then Medusa and Coco as Sin, they were incredible. Yeah, you know, um, and then where are those types of groups today? How about that? So I don't know about rap duos, but I know on the West Coast we have Sa Rock. She's one of my favorites. I want to do a song with her or two. Mm -hmm. She's dope. She's amazing. And then um Rhapsody. Rhapsody, she's an East Coast sister, but yep. she be repping Islam real like I love it. And then yep. Islam, the sister named Nilam, shout out. She represents for the nation. Tough. And she has a I've seen her. She has a she run obviously she got a hijab on, but everything, but I've seen her. She is dope. She like is. lyrically, she's killing the game, you know. Yeah. She's big numbers though now she's starting to get numbers because um 
younger like artists, like actresses, like that one sister from Black is she really been backing her, putting her on, you know, in, in arenas like rappers don't usually get. Like there was a thing on Amazon. Mm -hmm. They had like a special with up and coming rappers and the sister was on there. And that was thanks for, oh my God, I can't think of the little sister name. It's a little sister, you know, um, from Blackish, the daughter, not the youngest daughter, but the second, whatever. She's on Blackish. I don't remember her name, but mm -hmm. she's been sponsoring that sister. So she's been helping to get her out to that younger generation. Because mm -hmm. I think she's like in her mid, mid, late 20s. Mm -hmm. And that's so important, man, you know, to, to push her and. I'm not sure of the other artists that are coming on that level. Like you said, there's Rhapsody, there's Rock, there's Neelam, there's me. Hey, yeah. throw me out here. Yeah. There's some other, there's there's J Roz, there's um, some West Coast sisters out here. Um, I just got hip to, I can't think of the names off the top of my head at this moment. Mm. But my boy Boomix hit me. They're more Latino, they're, Mac, they're Mexican American sisters though. Mm. They're not like directly, um, you know, directly black you know shout out to the mexican family but um you know they family you know they family too i've been having to teach that history up in class too uh you yeah. know so we could get over these beefs like yeah. knock it off you know what i mean y'all us we you you know what i mean <clears throat> yeah like a lot of my mexican students don't know mexican history and they don't know how close they are to us period you know what i mean so i've had to bang they don't teach that their parents don't they teach don't that. The grandparents, yeah, they don't teach history. That. Now they diss that. They're like, nah, don't talk about that black abuela, but you do that. <laughs> I even said that in class. I was like, my first boyfriend was Jose Villacorta from El Salvador. Mm. Fine self, and his mama had hair just like mine. Four C baby, four C. She didn't like me because I was negrita though. Help me understand. Your mom, your grandmother was black. Like your grandmother in El Salvador is black. Like, what's the problem? Yeah. But um, or why is the diss in LA? I remember the diss in school would be to call someone a Mayata. And so I, I had this conversation in class the other day because the thing my child, my 10-year-old and my 13-year-old boys are coming home telling me is that a lot of the Mexican boys in class like using the word nigger now in class. They call them nigger with the hard R. Okay, mm -hmm. and then they'll say we have a we have a, a pass. What do you call it, it Bill? A what pass? A what n-word pass? A nigga pass. N-word pass. And then when I was teaching middle school last year, that became the top of a topic of conversation that a lot of my middle school boys wanted to have because a lot of kids in um, Las Vegas are mixed. They're mixed with black and Mexican, or there's mixed. I mean, like like over half of Vegas is mixed. So some kids are conflicted because they're hearing it in the music. They're hearing the N-word in music, N-word. They're using nigga. They say a nigga. But they're telling us we can't say the word nigga in class. Like I got written up for playing a song with the word nigga. Mm. And, and when it played, I didn't know it was going to say that. You know, I'd be trying to get clean versions because I'd be bumping hip hop. I'm not playing. Mm. But um, I was told nigga is a bad word in school. And I was like, why is it a bad word? You know, um, it's not a bad word. It's not a cuss word. Slur is nigger. Nigga is not a slur to me. You know, there's a difference. You know what I mean? And, and son, the way, the way it's, it's, my son said it's a racial slur. <laughs> right. uh, see the, the way it's said is, and, and really it's not up to debate 
for anybody except for us. It's like for us bias, that's our word. And we use it, we already know we use it as a term of endearment in the first place, but trust me, non-black people who say that, it's almost an empowering thing to say because black people know how strong that word is when we say it to one another. There's different versions of nigga when you're talking to what, oh, that's my nigga, you know, it's very happy. But nigga? Funny. That's but, my nigga. Nigga, you know what I mean? Then then it sends chills up your spine when you hear the word from another black dude saying nigga to somebody else you know that's fighting words nigga it, it, they don't understand that history so you just don't say it because that's not your word and it's like they adopt i'm talking about non-black not just mexican people in, in, in specifically Absolutely. but non-black people they they adopt our culture out here in america they adopt our culture for their for their own good. You know, we're the first lowriders, the oldies, the low riders. That's all soul music, man. Don't just stop. Don't 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 pretend that we forgot that the Temptations is our group. Don't forget the whispers. I mean, we can go on down the thousands of groups that y'all love. I'm your puppet. They love I'm a puppet. What color are they? Knock it off. That's all soul music. You know what I'm saying? Don't say so, you can your puppet. Yeah, you can't. You can't be. You can't be. You know what I'm saying? And they don't honor that. They feel that if they are uh, saying something like how we would talk, that that's like okay, or we give you a pass. No, because you, y'all, in all these different cultures, wouldn't allow my black ass to go into your culture and start adopting your cultural words and like my yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't allow that i mean that's like me just to be cliche um if i'm to say something like something that latinos call each other in their own culture i really don't know the meaning of it but i hear it and i like it that's like me adopting their word that's well, not that's not it's just not cool and it's unacceptable and i hear a lot of young younger dudes do that because back in the day the ogs would get on the little bgs that would be saying nigga amongst themselves like hey dog you can't i've been to jail a few times and i i've seen that shit happen like an og is so so up one of them little youngins like hey dog you, because you you giving them props basically by using their word especially in jail you can't do that you know and, and white boys who you get your ass killed saying that shit to certain people in certain settings you got to be you got to be real careful with that because first of all it's not your word you don't know the meaning rather whatever you want to say about the word it's not yours and you can't act like it is and then pretend like it's okay because you like our music which you adopt and you say all the damn words in it that's where it started we all know where it started all the hip-hop we all say nigga and they like the music so they go say the lyrics so there you go so I've had another rap artist friend of mine mention this, and I, I, I actually have had to have this conversation in class. So if it's in a song, we can't really put that cap back on that. You know what I mean? Because right. even in other countries that, you know, people don't even speak English. They'd be like, no, no, my nigga, no, no, right? You seen that? Have you seen that documentary where the, the brother got off the plane in Ghana and the dude was like, what's up, my nigga, you know? It's just the hip, cool ass thing to say. 
Yeah. I mean, because we are the purveyors of culture for the world. You see how heavy that is. Like black culture, especially black culture in America, FBA culture in America, we set the trend for basically everybody. They all wait for us. When you look at TV now, and, and I've been watching this for a long time, they say our old words. I mean, when, when I'm looking at people now, uh, you know, big companies, AT&T, all these big old companies, they start using our slang. Oh, it's lit. And we like, man, we don't even say that shit no more. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. <laughs> they're, they're always slow with it. And that's what happens. They're waiting for us to say what's cool or not. And there's no other culture that does that, that they wait on to see what's going to be the next thing. They always waited on us. You know, they always, I mean, any, I don't care if it's inventions. I don't care if it's music, entertainment, sports, whatever you want to say. They always wait for us to do it. So then that goes back in with what Kanye was talking about. You know, how they purposely putting death music out there. And then, you know, the kids are listening to that. They know the power we have with these sound vibrations. You know what I'm saying? So we have a very big responsibility. And that's why I don't feel bad about banging on this prostitution rap. Because I feel like you representing a lot, all black women out here. You know what I'm saying? You ain't even from well, you ain't even FBA, boo. You from yeah. the islands. And that makes it even worse because you don't understand the impact of that. And you don't really care because you're disconnected because you weren't raised, you weren't born and raised here. So it's a disconnection. Because here's what I always say. How many, if you want to take the Jewish thing, you take that. How many Jewish rappers? are allowed to come out and disrespect their own and make it real famous music. I ain't seen none do that. Cause even when the Beastie Boys came out, you know what I'm saying? They was like some fun party. They were, you know, considered like- Boys being funny. Yes, you got it. Like frat boys style you know what I mean? Brass, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, what's the other cat? I'm actually in their video. Pop pop goes the wheeze. So I'm in that video. What were they? Um, um third base. Third base. Yeah. Again, they were dope. Right. Search and, and yeah, I just saw the, the news of search by selling Nas's catalog, selling Nas's catalog, Illmatic or whatever. That was another. That was some. That was some bullshit to me. I was like, I know he was executive producer, but I didn't know he actually bought the rights to his record man and he was like man that should put my kids through college i'm like wow that goes in with the or everything that, that yay was saying was the truth that's why i wasn't tripping on it like i've heard it all before but for him saying it now he's he's enlightening a new generation like this is real shit. this is not something that you something that you play with you know what i'm saying it's not that you play with and it's been going on like this for the longest it ain't new Michael Jackson was trying to speak out on this man. Yeah, twenty Prince. years ago. Yeah, they they, they all get nobody to ride with him. He couldn't get nobody on his team, man. Yeah, everybody was scared for for whatever reason, or they didn't have to say nothing because they already got their money. You know I think mean? the labels just sent out a whole big ass email, just like, hey, if you sign the Sony Universal Warner Brothers, whatever. Excuse me. You're not supposed hey, that's like telling corporate secrets. Like you, yeah. at the end of the day, you work for a corporation. Right. You're just the corporate mascot. You know what I'm saying? 
Uh, me and Neb Love, Neb Love, shout out, Neb Love, Five Footers. We wrote a song together, never came out. We never even recorded, but 20 years ago, and the hook was like, do we get paid for this? Not like we supposed to. And I talked about sharecropper fucking contract back then. I was like, this is mm -hmm. some sharecropper shit. It was 70-30. That's yeah. what we was looking at in these crazy contracts. Yep. 70-30, bro. Crazy. And that was a good contract. Yeah, and, and your 30%, you got to break that up too. So that's... <laughs> yeah, to your manager, the lawyer, and the taxes. That's how it was broke down to me. Fucked up. Manager, lawyer, taxes. Yep. So out of that $20,000 advance that I was going to get, I was getting really like 12. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have to make that last till whatever, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? It wasn't right. Right. The worst. And then, <laughs> yeah, again, I'll say, well, you didn't have to sign it. You didn't have to. Why can't they just be fair and just? How about that? No such thing. Greed, greed is a motherfucker. And what's funny about it, they have so many artists. It's not like two or three. I would understand but you have thousands of artists. It's not just us. You have different genres signed to that label. Different artists from all different genres signed to that label. Plus you got catalogs and you have all the royalties and you have all of those different points. You, you're already a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar record label in industry. And you wanna keep it that way. You don't wanna give none you don't want to give a little at all. Even though you got so much money literally in the bank, you're too afraid to lose that little bit of control. And that's what your boy is talking about. That's that's what's crazy. It's like, you're so afraid that I can be successful, that I'm going to make sure you're not going to be rich. You're not going to be, you're not going to be able to prosper off your own intellectual property. That's you know what? Forgive me. It be, it's like a delay of sorts when I mute. Yeah, so I'm not trying to be rude. Forgive no, me. No, no, no. You good? I was done. Um, I was told that the contractual balance changed, of course, when they started streaming. But it was when that song "Happy" came out because I'm happy. Mm -hmm, you hear this? Like, yeah, like he hit a billion spins with that song, and if they would have had to pay him like they were supposed to pay him. He the, he the whole industry would have you know, they couldn't even afford to pay the brother what they right. would have. So I heard that's where they got that one third of a penny crap from. Like I don't know if you're familiar with the breakdowns with these Spotify's and all these companies. You know I I've heard a little bit about it, and I understand minimal because I haven't delved into it. But it sounds crazy to me how many streams you have to have in order to equivalent to have the equivalent of a an album sell or something like that I think that shit is crazy can i tell you i don't know how much you know but so i want to just say like taylor swift was taking the lead with the major lawsuits against major companies with that i don't know if you knew that and they at that time they were trying to make her look bad in the press like when you know anytime you go against the system they're gonna they're gonna throw all your bad stuff out there so I noticed like right when they were like, Taylor Swift's a whore. She's all over the place with all these different men. It was basically what they was trying. But find out, come to find out, she was in this major lawsuit with her company, the label she signed to. And she was trying to stand up for more points, more rights. 
And that's where I first learned about um, the one third, one fourth of a penny bullshit. But now, you know, and then, you know, I married me, volume 10 and I got married and then I see his checks. Okay. Uh, he did a million spins of pistol grip on Spotify. And you, people probably, you know, think, oh, you should be balling. Shit. Here's a $20 check. What you bro. bro. <laughs> Click Creep. one for yes, two for no. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro. Don't mean nothing, huh? Literally, no. Like, you, it ain't enough to, like, live off. No. It ain't not. It's not enough to live off. It's literally, like, it's not even, it's maybe a car note. Yeah. That's what India Irie was trying to bring up a few months back, but the issue, she was bringing up how Spotify is paying the artist a third of a fucking pit. Like, for anybody who does math, okay, who remembers decimals in school, 0 0.01 is a penny. 0 0.01, that's tenths, hundredths. Nigga, it'd be like three, three, four, point zero zero six four. That's the standard. That's tens, hundreds, thousands. That's six, four, thousands. That's a third of a penny. A spin, bro. I will, tell you, I will tell you that Jay-Z's company pays the most at 0.0074. Or 76, something like that. Damn. So when they announced that Coolio had, uh, you know, reached a billion spins on YouTube, did you hear his joke? Mm -mm. Which wasn't a joke. What did he, he say? Said, Thanks for that extra twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand dollars. A billion will only get you twenty racks. Twenty racks, bro. Unless he was joking. Unless he was joking. Which I don't think he was because when I see what my husband got with a million spins, bro, they don't break it off to you all at once anyways. You know, it's per, you know, accumulation per quarter, per month. It breaks down. But, bro, no, it's not a living wage. No. So imagine how the, the dreads of black sheep or the, you know, Jeru the yeah. damager, black moon, how yeah. they living? How do you eat? Yeah. You know, was it Havoc? You know, Prodigy, rest in peace. Havoc, though. You know what I'm saying? How are you eating? Right. You know what I mean? Because they, they now know that they can make, they can still make a lot of money and not even sell, like, tangible records and CDs. You know what I'm saying? So they really win it now. They and really then... And then I heard this interview. I know it was a soundbite. No, actually, no. I watched the whole Breakfast Club interview with Lear Cohen. Lear Cohen. I always thought his name was Liar. Yeah. Liar. So, yep. Anyway, he was saying that uh, he really doesn't want CDs to come back. And I was like, damn, that's the main thing we need to bring back. Yeah. And he was saying, are you kidding me? CDs are expensive to produce. They get the truck drivers and the this and the that. Oh, shut up. I'm like, that's exactly <laughs> what we need to bring bring back. And I even there was a debate I was having, which was stupid online with somebody, and I was talking about how CDs need to come back. 
And um, the person was like, that's, uh, you know, it's too much for the land, you know, like it makes trash for the earth. Right. And I was like, I don't know about you, but I still have CDs from the early 2000s. So I don't know what you're talking about. Like I, I kept my CDs. I didn't like throw my CD unless it broke or something, you know, they, <laughs> they break. But other than that, no, I wasn't just throwing away CDs. We weren't yeah, just ain't throwing CDs away. Like, yeah, that's not true. You know, they just <laughs> wanted to, I was wondering how they were going to try to control the artist through the internet. I was trying to, I was like, I know they're going to find a way and they found a way. Well, you remember when Napster came out? Yes. And LimeWire and all of that, how they were just, they were losing a lot of money. So they figured out how to correct that. And now at the same time, they're screwing the artists too. You know, that when you got Napster, the only thing about Napster is people would be taking their music for free and you would, the artists wouldn't get nothing. But the record labels would be the one that was really hurt because you were getting i mean i don't know how much music when napster came out i don't know how much music i must have got you know during that time you know what i'm saying um they figured out a way to get their money back at the same time they're not even forwarding it to the artists literally bro yeah that's that's and so that's that's what he's talking about it we like he's like he would say I don't, i'm just not a quote but he knows we all know you we put our heart and soul in this thing called music right and if you're supposed to be that vehicle to get it to the masses, it's the worst feeling in the world that we we give this to you, we trust you with it, and you screw us in the end by not even caring how much you don't even care that we don't get paid a lot. You don't I mean you know how many artists that are probably that that are platinum and whatever all this kind of stuff that are dead you know that never made enough money when they were alive but now that they're dead they're just their estate is worth god knows how much you know how many artists died broke but the record label that has their stuff on it their their music is still in business bro catalogs get out you know here. you know the story of uh george clinton right george clinton you know, he had broke the mold when he had signed 15 different acts. <laughs> he was in like 15 different groups and he signed like 15 records. Like they were like, never again. We'll never let that happen again. And he mm. ended up signing his personal publishing. And like he was in a bad situation at one point to his manager. And so, you know, he was trying to buy back his publishing. This manager still owns to this day, George Clinton's publishing catalog. And he's the, you know, of the ilk of the people whose names we can't say. Of course he is. By coincidence. Yeah, of course he is. That's crazy. He still owns his publishing? To this day. He don't want to get pleaded it with this man on some personal, like, yo, he was cool peoples, man. Please just let me have my legacy for my children. And this dude is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm 80 years old. I'm not giving you back your, you signed the dotted line. I own it. <laughs> Was fair to fair? Yeah, 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 yeah. You signed on the dotted line. I didn't make you do it. Yeah, I get it. Oh, that's terrible. It's terrible. It happens to all, us, all of our artists, most of our artists that's happened to, you know, just die broke. And they got the power to reverse that, but they won't do it. And mm -hmm. that's what that's even though I know Kanye's backpedaling on <laughs> I'm not mad at it. You know, I can never judge 
where he's at and what he has to do. You know, you never know what threats were, you don't never know, right? You know, what's going on. They got have access to his children, you know what I'm saying? Never know, yeah. You gotta be careful. I mean, I know when Coolio was in, go ahead. No, I was saying that's an evil bunch, so we know the stories, yeah. Yeah, when Coolio, when Coolio was speaking, he was like, you know, I'm not afraid of death, but, you know, I do have children and grandchildren, you know, so I'm not trying to just put myself out there like that. That's what he had said, you know. That's but it's right. like, what do y'all really, like, what, you know, that's that's when we got to really tap into our higher source energy, you know what I'm saying, whatever belief system you're in, because at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying, our our, our situation is way more mighty. You know, if we just tap in, you know, yeah. and use wisdom. You see, I was doing it, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And even on this level, it's a degree right there, bippity boppity, bip, bip, bop, bip. <laughs> right. And and those things are not just listen, you know, just it, it, you know, even the little things, <clears throat> little things that people gotta remember, like the clacking of the spoons, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, you clack the like everything is a sound wave, right? Right. Or, or sight waves, sight waves, sound waves. They all waves though, right? All frequency. Yeah, yeah I'm talking to the youth about like, if there's ever an argument, you know, or bad energy, you just clack some spoons. That's what the elders used to tell us. You know, clack some spoon. There's a spoon, clack it. And mm. uh, it changes the frequency. You can't it's see like it. But it That's yeah, that. yeah. Or a guitar yeah. strum. Yeah. That's why I like to keep loose instruments around my house. Mm -hmm. That drum too, little djembe's yeah. around. Keep a little djembe. I really want to get a xylophone. Because man, that always changes the frequency. Mm -hmm. At Shreveport, at the parks, they'd have public xylophones that you could just tap on, just to, ju -ju 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 -ju, mm. just to keep the frequency peaceful at the park. Right. That's yeah. what they should do in LA. They got a few out here at the parks of kids get on. Do the they? Hey, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't put it together. Like, okay, I get it. Now I get it. That, that's a good idea. That's it keeps idea. peace in the park. What's that? It brings and keeps peace. Yeah, for sure. In the parks, because yeah. you got the kids. They have the children's version, and they had like a really long one. Do 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 do, and hmm. it just brings the waves right into the neighborhood. That's dope. You know what I'm saying? Like people got to think on some levels like that. Because really and truly, ultimately, I mean, it sounds cliche, voodoo, but, you know, love is the most powerful frequency, right? It's more powerful than any frequency. Correct. You know, and I know people people can interpret that WLM, WLM shirt that Kanye was wearing a week or two ago. Mm. <laughs> I've read different theories on the purpose yeah. You know, I've I've heard many different things, mm. but somebody said something today that was interesting. They were like, um, but they do matter. And maybe if they understood that they matter, they calm their asses down. That's <laughs> what somebody said. Like, y'all matter too. Because when we do something like the BLM, I mean, I have my own thoughts on why Kanye chose to do that, tap into that too. But the BLM thing, uh, apparently some took it divisively, even though it was, you know, it wasn't, it was just, you know, the comprehension levels, everybody's different. They all interpret it differently, but we clearly understood that it meant, no, we're just saying, hey, we matter. 
But others took it like, hey, they're saying we don't matter by saying that they matter, right? So when, you know, when he wore the shirt, there was multiple reasons people, you know, he didn't tell us why. He did some prints mm -hmm. on it. He didn't explain nothing. He just mm -hmm. wore it and laughed and shook hands with Candace Owens, right, in the pictures. So some people interpreted that to mean like, oh, my God, he's betraying us. Was he? Right. You know, because I've been talking to the youth also about like whatever real movements that happen. I mean, you can debate this, challenge me. You don't have to agree. But based on the history that I've learned, uh, a lot of times the movements that really made real moves was when the white folk got involved, too. Like we would do and say whatever, but it was like when the Quakers got involved, mm -hmm. you know, that's some movement, like some actual movement toward freedom happened. Right. You know, they took Frederick Douglass around and Harriet Tubman around. Mm -hmm. It exposed them to more people and more people were like, hey. John Brown, sorry, I don't know if you heard any of that. I don't know. But, uh, John Brown, you know, he was a he was a freedom fighter during the struggles. You know, Nat Turner was because mm -hmm. you know, some people think um, like they don't know how the enslavement ended. Like, how did that? Not just because Abraham Lincoln signed something. Okay, it was because you know at that point in time people were really afraid because we started popping off. Like people was getting, you know, in the middle of the night. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Broken glass in the juice, you know, lemonades yeah. and things started popping off more <laughs> regularly. Yeah. Another mm -hmm. thing, I actually, Voodoo, I didn't know how you felt about getting into this conversation, but you know, I'm a nerd, so I always bring up books. But there's this book, you know, Sugar Changed the World. Sugar hmm. Changed the World. It's a hell of a book, and it talks about like how. You know, they talk about cotton was king in the South here. Well, you know, the sugar cane was king, queen or whatever you want to call it in the islands in Central America. And, you know, and so with that, I had I had nerdily typed up this thing I got from the book. And but I'm not going to do all reading all that. But but basically it was saying voodoo that only four percent of those enslavement ships made it to America. Only four percent. Mm -hmm in that book, it was saying, you know, and that's been a theory. That was what Coolio was talking about. That's what mm -hmm. Dan Calloway talks about. That's what the brother who, I forget it, Tariq Nasheed mm -hmm. talks about. Mm -hmm. um, even Dr. Umar, uh, you know, a lot of other people, not just, right. you know, a lot of other people have recognized that, you know, like literally only 4% out of the 100% ships, 96 of those percent went to Central America, Haiti, Dominica, uh, Cuba, in Brazil, you know what I'm saying? Colombia, Honduras, Panama, yeah. you know, on and on. But right. once people, I mean, like some people may say, what's the point of bringing that up? You know what I'm saying? But the point, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. I hear you. But I don't know if you want to talk about that, but yeah, I don't know. No, that's but true. I, the point but of I bringing that up is because it's becoming a point of contention again, because you know, right around election time, people start bringing up reparations again. <laughs> but the tricky thing about reparations is that a lot of these people that claim white actually have black in them. 
And that's when they might pull the grandmother out the closet too. Yeah, they're gonna try to do that too. Yeah, they they all do. But the the bad thing about that argument is they're not disenfranchised because they, mm-hmm. they that that white skin got them their privilege and they good. Like stay yeah. over there, stay on that side, yeah. homie. Stop uh, playing. Stop, stop playing. Because <laughs> you already get the set asides already. I mean, welfare system was made for you, so you know everything from the welfare system to um what else is is was their whole thing um the prison industry besides that they make money off of that but the you know all the your your unions that was all for them you know what i'm saying that was not for us. i just so, to that. So I, that, I just got him to that yeah that's that's their that's their welfare system and that's their set asides that's their would be there's no reparations for them because they didn't get, they weren't aggrieved, but they try to act as if they're disenfranchised and you're not. <laughs> you I, know? Bet, I bet they'll try to, hey, we were in, our great greats was indentured servants. You know, we got yeah. contracts still. Yeah, but I would you, say but go for it. Straight. Do that. Shit. Yeah. You just start your money. Yeah, get your money. Like, y'all straight though. You straight. We're not straight. Y'all straight though. You know, how, how many how many people in your family own businesses, masters, PhDs and homes compared to ours? You know what I'm saying? Y'all straight. And if you and if you 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 scurried away your white skin, that's your fault because you already had it. You already had your foot in the door already just because of your complexion, because there is nobody black stopping you from getting anything. You know, we, we, we weren't the ones that were standing in the way and telling you you can't get a bank loan or business loan, or student, you, know, you couldn't go to school. We weren't the ones doing that. There were certain neighborhoods and certain colleges. Right, and, and if that happened, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't because of you was white. <laughs> it was because you, something else happened with y'all that, that didn't work. But if you look at the colleges today, you can see that that's it right there. It's not that we don't want to go to school. You know what I'm saying? You, We don't have the capital to do what what they do, what the other people do, to to get into those prestigious schools and stuff like that, and knowledge and knowledge too. That, that's it right there. They don't. We don't have that. We don't have that money. That um, you, you know, when when those kids go to college, a lot of their parents goes they went to that college, and they, you know what I mean. It's the the wink, wink, nod, nod. You know what I'm saying. That's what that's about. That's why they're so full of those children. So full of those kids because it's not because they're super smart. It's because they pay their parents got paper. You know that. You know that big old scandal out here. We it showed it, they they paying money for their their dumbass kid to go to school. It's not like they, you know, they didn't earn it academically. But we go lie on some paperwork and give somebody some paper, and then they there they go at UCLA or USC or whatever college. Just because these last people got caught, that thing that's been going on for hundred years, hundreds of years. And I know people that that was paying people to get their PhD. There you go. <laughs> then you wonder why society is the way it is. You people really aren't smart. You just had you made smart moves, but you're really not smart. You're actually a dumbass that got a title, and that's why a lot of what we have today in the society is screwed up because they really aren't academically uh, sound people. They just made the right they just made the right monetary moves you feel me familial connections that's you know, why I with the autism scene the guy who was leading the autism 
Dr. So-and-so, he basically kind of even admitted that he was just some rich kid that happened to go to UCLA and that his parents kind of paid for his degree. But then he eventually fell in love with the major, you know, but that didn't make me impressed. I was not impressed. And his theories were whack. And that's why I was like, I need to, I've actually worked with nonverbal, severe, supposedly violent, whatever. And they were, no, but the way they wanted us to teach them, I couldn't even, I didn't respect it. So I pulled out of their their whole little system, their little program, because the the methods I'm using or was using, because I had to pull out, but um, was more uh, beneficial than the the, whatever this professor who paid for his PhD. That's crazy, right? And then you wonder why, like I said, you wonder why things are the way they are in this society. You really aren't getting, you're getting a lot of. besides just your good old fashioned racist, you're getting a lot of people who just not qualified to teach anything. And that's what's messed up. And that's generational, you know, that's generational. And then you wonder why it is the way it is. You know, you can't buy your way through society and think it's gonna be okay. Because at some point it, it, it's gonna come to light why these people act the way they do because they're taught by people who are not qualified you know to be teaching anything especially academia you know you you think about how the police are trained it's the same thing you can't expect police to be trained correctly and and act and expect them to be decent in society and and treat people well when they're taught by a tyrant or a racist, or whatever the hell. You, and, and then they're teaching them how to be horrible people. You can't expect your cops to be like good people when they're trained to be assholes. To be serial same. killers. Is that, oh, I was right. right, it's the same exact thing. You can't do that and expect a decent society or, or, or a decent police force or anything that, that when you start teaching when when the when your teacher is garbage, you can't expect your students to be good at whatever you're trying to teach. You know, and that's what it that's what it boils down to. That's why when you were talking about being a teacher and they gonna let you go, let you go because for one, you probably wasn't you, you probably got a hell of a moral compass and you're not taking no BS. And they didn't like that. They want a robot. They want somebody they can program. You know, and that's the other thing we we're talking about. We touched on that's why you don't want to, record labels don't like signing older artists, they like signing children basically, the younger the better, because they can manipulate them. Yeah, go ahead, sign this. Oh, you be good. Okay, hello, you know what I mean? They like that. They, they, it's, it's really, it boils down to me, boils down to control. Everything has, everything has its roots in control, and that's what I, I'm looking at. I mean, you 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 hit the hammer on the head, man. I couldn't have said it better. I mean, that's it. That's it. Uh, control. That's all it is. So now what? What happens now? Now that now that Kanye is shaking up some shit, is it like mm-hmm. we're gonna go back to whatever next week? We're gonna just forget about it. You know, is this what is is this gonna? Are the city girls gonna bring out a new album? Like, I mean, I, what happens? Like, apparently. 
It's totally coming to like people are tired of, well, I can't say everybody, but it's twerking. The BBLs, Daz Dillinger, I was again in those tick, uh, Instagram streets and I saw he was like, ladies, stop doing the BBLs. It's over. It's not cool. You know, that whole stripper, uh, you know, world that was that is all up in the tip, hip hop. You know, I, maybe enough people got monkeypox. You know, maybe that made them think about it. You know, like the Magic City and all that in Atlanta. You, you've been to Atlanta, duh. Yeah. Well, I don't know how it was in the late 90s, but when I was there in like 2005, 2006, four, five, six, I lived in Norcross, but you know, I would come to Atlanta mm. quite often. Um, it was like Babylon, I ain't gonna front. Yeah. It was, it was a beautiful, fun place. I wouldn't want to grow my children there. And they had <laughs> just locked up the brother, you know, H rap. All right. At right. that time, uh, I can't think of his righteous name at this moment, but he was out there cleaning up the streets, you know, and then they scooped him up, locked him up. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it just became what it was, you know. Right. Wow. It is what it is. And, and, and what I'm always thinking is, the the question that you you ask is like what happens now is that i mean at this point everybody i think is awakened now and hip to all the things that are going on hopefully it means something i mean i, I don't have a crystal ball but hopefully it means something you know because we see the effects of people not knowing what the real stuff is what the real truth is. It seemed like 50-50 voodoo. Like, I mean, I, I was actually having, I had to delete after a minute. I deleted stuff because I was like starting to get into like debates with people about Kanye. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I've never been a writer for like Kanye. Like I'm not a writer for him. And my point was just to say, it was about a specific thing he was talking about as we're talking mm -hmm. about. It was the contractual BS, you know what I mean? That pretty much all the artists have the same doggone complaint. So, but they're not, I ain't seen not one except Teddy Riley. Only Teddy Riley, like I've only seen Teddy Riley speaking up at all. Again, not against, but just but agreeing with him. Like even having a dialogue, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he was agreeing. He's like, he ain't, I don't know why y'all tripping. We we all know he's not lying. You know, but Maybe you know it's that? because it's Kanye and Kanye has had a habit of, yeah. you know, talking in riddles. You know what right. I mean? Like, again, he's on, I'm not going to say where he's at. I don't know. But I know when he said the slavery is a choice thing, most people hadn't even watched the whole 20 minute interview. You know, they was only going by, you know, a little bit, literally a soundbite where he said slavery is a choice. But he really did explain what he meant by that. You know what I mean? I knew what he meant by that. You know, but on the surface, it would sound as people took it offensively. You know what I mean? Without really thinking. And people are still stuck on that. Yeah. I heard something about it the other night. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew what he meant, though. Yeah. And and even yeah. if, and, and that's one thing I don't do. And that's, um, 
idolize these people and expect them to help guide my intellect, especially him. I mean, musically, yes, but you, you've done some things, brother, that I just don't agree with. And, and I'm not you're, you're not in my head to where I'm thinking that, yeah, I'm going to do what he says because, you know what I'm saying? I'm a fan. No, you got to be right and exact. You just can't be running your mouth and saying stuff and doing crazy things for views and sensationalism and Kardashians and all that. Oh, uh, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> Man, you've been hitting the hammer on heads for I'm real. Like, yeah, because I'm so good. that's that's the hesitancy. Like nobody wants to really ride for him and his ego. And some people are saying, yeah, he just got his billion dollars taken away. That's why, because he acts actually. You know, little Boosie brought up, um, you know, you apologizing to them when you're going to apologize to black folks for that stuff you said about um, George Floyd. Right. And so he was speaking on that. He did. I was trying to find that, but I can't find it on the Internet right now for mm-hmm. some reason. But I did see it earlier when he first when it first came out mm-hmm. and he did apologize for what he said about George Floyd. He was saying that he had been basing it off of the Candace Owens documentary that I haven't seen or found nowhere either. Mm. I keep hearing about. And um, well, so yeah, he apologized to black people specifically about that. No, I think that was cool. That was important for those that needed that and others who just don't care either way. It's a distraction. I'm like, also like what else is going on in the world? Like right now? It's not, it's not really important like that to where I'm like, oh, shit. like I got to find out what your boy is saying every day. Like, <laughs> are, you, yeah. are you dropping a new album, something better than the last one? or what? <laughs> That's funny because, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff going on. But again, you know, current events is kind of what I'm into at this moment. You yeah. know, it's a good distraction sometimes, you know, when you're dealing with your day-to-day life, sometimes it's like a little bit of a, Oh, let me just go see what's going on on YouTube or mm-hmm. Instagram or whatever. Um, and then I like to tap in to see where people are or what people are thinking about. And I learned the importance of that because again, these children are acting it out in the classroom. So that's bad. Yeah, they're acting it out. I've seen a lot of girls. I'm gonna end on this note with that with the kids, I, the girls in the classrooms. And it's not just one school because I've taken the time to work at different schools just to see. I've worked in Louisiana. I've worked in Georgia. I've worked in California. Now I'm working in Las Vegas. And what I've seen is like the girls are more aggressive than the boys, like literally like grabbing up boys or wanting to start fights with boys. That's what I've seen mostly in elementary school and middle school. And then the boys tend to be some boys are still, you know, they're cheeky. They're cheeky, you know, yeah. but they're not like I've noticed I've had to have challenges with young ladies on some alpha female kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the teacher and they're challenged by my that that lesbian thing is real up in the black community. Like the black women on the lesbian stuff, it's really influencing the children real tough. Yeah. These double women marriage room uh, houses. <laughs> I know I'm being controversial. I'm not, I ain't being controversial. I'm keeping that shit a thousand. I have homegirls that have tapped into that lesbian thing. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I don't judge that, you know, but I am seeing how it's affecting 
the children, whether we want to admit that or not. Yeah, you know, whereas back in the day, lesbians not new, okay, but it wasn't all up in their face. Right. You know, just like smoking weed wasn't all in the kids' face. Now I was driving, dropping my kid off. I'm seeing kids on the block vaping. On the block. Not my neighborhood, but on the other side of Vegas, I saw about four or five middle school, maybe ninth grade looking kid. It was young teeny bops. They wasn't like 18. No, it was like 13, 14. And they're mm. doing the hookah. That's what it is. They was doing straight up hookah yeah. on the block. Am I saying that right? That sound old. Yeah. Hookah. No, hookah. Is that how you say it? It's like my mother, she came to visit us in Louisiana and she saw this sign that said uh, drive through. She said Daikiri. Is that drive through Daikiri? No, mother. That's Daiquiri. Oh, okay. So hookah. Mm-hmm. So uh, they was on the block though. Doing a hookah on the block? They have portable hookahs now. I've uh, seen that. They've been advertising that. Never and seen you can, yeah, and you can use a, a portable. It's edible, I think. This little, you can take your mouthpiece off and use the same tubing. I, I, yeah. Yeah, it's some candy. It's a candy hookah portable thing. It's just really attractive to, to the youth. Yeah, it's, yeah that's correct. And, and the previous school where the kids lied on me, yeah, they used to do that stick or whatever, the little weed stick in the bathrooms. That's like the norm now. Like middle school kids are really into little weed mm-hmm. sticks. You know what I mean? And uh, how is that affecting the developing brain? You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, that's good to know. That's and lungs good. too. Yeah, yeah, that's what's popping. Like kids are bringing the little weed sticks and they're passing it around to their friends. I mean, you know, some kids, of course, they don't want to be checked for weed, you know, what are you doing? You don't believe me, you don't trust me. But they're making, okay, at the school, they also brought edibles. Like my son, he was smart enough because, you know, it was during Corona, real tough. I told him, you know, don't share your snacks and don't be sharing snacks, dirty hands. But um, this little young lady brought bags of edibles to school and passed them out to the whole sixth grade. Mm-mm. And some kids knew it was edibles, some kids didn't. Some kids ate the whole bag. That wasn't even the worst part. Like an hour and a half in, you know, kids started vomiting in the halls, feeling nauseous, having hallucinations, crying. They are sixth grade, you know? That wasn't even the worst part. This principal didn't call no parents. And you know how some kids was trying to not nothing. Let me tell you. Kids was trying to call or text parents to tell them what's popping. She told them, she wrote them up or told them, put their phones away. These parents didn't find out till 3.30 when they came to pick their kid up. Oh, see. And they swept it under the rug, bro. It was on the news out here. Like, it was like, like, it was the day after they fired me, right? Mm. Coincidentally, people sent me the, the, the news thing. And one parent was on there and she was complaining and she was saying, my child has asthma. And it affected her, you know. There's a lawsuit cracking. Of course. But um, this principal got away with a bunch of stuff. I don't know if I don't know why. You know, I even my son was he was I'm telling the business, he was sexually assaulted at the school. Mm. That's that's the week she fired me, by the way. Mm. When I was trying to have her, I put I was emailing her, like, what are you gonna do about this? You know what I mean? Because she didn't want to deal with that. Next thing, like like say my son was had happened on a Thursday, mm-hmm. my instinct, which I which I should have went with, 
was to call the police and meet them at the boy's house. Yeah, it was a boy. Hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, and I was, my nerves, okay. And when I was seeking advice from a fellow colleague, the colleague told me, go through the protocol. Like, go to the, tell the principal. So that's what the fuck I did. I hit up the principal, bitch. She ain't even hit me back. Friday happens. Following Monday, then, you know, I emailed again, like, can I have a parent conference? Like, what's popping? You mm -hmm. know, in language. And then she met with me. And I told her this same young man, he, he plays with the elementary school children every morning. You might want to, you know, she was like, why are you telling me that? What's the concern? And I was like, are you kidding? You, you, yeah. you know, I wouldn't want my kid playing with these, uh, playing yeah. with them. Right, right. After he did what he did with my son. You know what I'm right. saying? Hello? Hello, 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 hello. Oh, no. Uh-oh. I don't know if I done talked the man to death. Not death. You know, I cleanse and purify that matter. I don't know if you're here. It was, it got deep. Okay, I'm about to close it out, I guess. Maybe that's my cue. I don't know. I'm going to give him about three minutes. Meanwhile, I'm going to play this song and see if I can. And all the struggles and all the hard times. There I am. There you go. I'm back. There you, go. Can you hear me? Did you ever model? Were you ever mm -hmm. offered that? Not really, but kind of loosely. You definitely mm -hmm. should have. I've been looking at your pictures, bro. I was like, that brother should have modeled. You could still it. model, actually. I mean, you could still Appreciate if you were interested. In that. I don't know. Everything's so topsy turvy now. I don't. I'm leery on even weird. diving into yeah, the yeah, yeah. part of me, the ego part of me, still wants to, to a level, you know, get the glory of you know the ego with that situation, you know. But the flip of it is like, no, nah, that that dream probably is a, is is gone now. Like, yeah, it, it happens though. You, I mean. To me, it, all of that stuff was, it still is something that, you know, not it, not really modeling, but stuff like that, that has everything to do with that is, it's all a part of it to me. The fashion, the the music, the everything, like you, you don't ever give that up, you know what I mean? It, at least I don't, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, because you never know when, when, when you have the opportunity to do, do something like that. 
that goes back in with leaving that visual legacy for the children, for your mm -hmm. children, for the youth. Right. Right. I'm not into the TikTok, but I do see it as a very good tool to present videos in a really reasonable way. Like it's it's like pulling teeth even to get volume to get into that. Like I've been telling him for months, like babe, for each song and this and this. So he's doing a project called Volume Ten as Dean Hawkins, mm -hmm. right? So he's like a whole nother character, right? Um, not really, but just another part of himself Correct. bringing forth. And 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 we haven't had no budget for no video, but mm -hmm. we got the iPhone. I think it's friend up north. Um, shout out weird weird rap. Uh, shout out um, Jonah Mosium or Mokium. I don't know how you pronounce it. But he did a project with him and shout out Jism. Um, Jism actually produced the track that he and I did together mm -hmm. for, this, um, for this album. He only did like seven songs. Mm. Yeah, I know Jism. Yeah, shout out Jism. He, he did yeah. um, seven, yeah. seven songs on this project. And I told him, you should just do a little like minute and a half thing. You know what I mean? For YouTube or whatever. I mean, like, you know, TikTok, whatever. TikTok, yeah. You don't have to do a full thing, okay? And so I'm really trying to hype. My, I got to get the right camera thing. And I'm mm. working on a project too, Voodoo, right now. Like I brought out an album in 2006 mm. called Vows, Victims of White Supremacy, right? And I didn't really push it, push it because the brothers that I was doing the album with, I produced half of it, not knowing how to use equipment. I just would like meditate or pray for whatever. And I would just start plinker, plinker, plink, plink, you know, right. whatever. And the brothers I was working with, shout out um, My Faith, you know, me, shout out, um, God dang, Lennox, all right, Lennox and, mm -hmm. and Mitch. Um, they mm -hmm. were beautiful enough to work with me. But we used to get in little stupid debates about stuff. Oh my, I, re I really regret that. Shout out Spo. They were beautiful brothers that actually believed in me. You Are you know? gonna re-release that record? That's, that's what I've been, that's what I'd like to do. It's yeah. on YouTube now, but I know what you mean. Yeah, man. I'm actually, man, I'm, man. <laughs> Look, yeah. the EP I brought out in 99, 98, 99, mm -hmm. I'm bringing now. Like, yeah. because I didn't really bring it, bring it. You know, subject matter. Like, I made 500 copies. I sold them. There's some people out there that hopefully probably still do have the tape. But you have it on, um, you have it on YouTube now? So subject matter, I haven't even brought out nowhere through them systems, mm -hmm. but vows I have, you know, vows you can type on, you go into the Spotify's and TikToks and what, what, but it's under Watts 1965. It's not even under Tomiko. It's like two different entities, hmm. which is kind of annoying because I'm on Spotify, but I don't have no music on Spotify. Mm, okay. They just have my picture and I have like 23 followers. Ooh. Thank you, 23 followers. No music though, but right. I am on um, you know who this brother, um, this is the part of the, I know it's been going on for a minute. Your wife is probably like, what in the hell? No. Uh, at this point, because I know my husband definitely by now would have been popping his head in and out of here uh, if he wasn't visiting with family already. He's visiting with his family in Phoenix. But he, he called me about six times, you know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, come on, this is like. Wrap it up. This is legendary, bro. Right, but right. How often am I going to get voodoo on here? Like, maybe hopefully <laughs> another time, really. But, okay, so I'm milking it. I'm sorry. 
but um shout out to the wife um but i want to okay have you heard of this brother named lewis gibber saint lewis gibber no he work he, he works with uh let me just play some stuff for you brother that's what i really wanted to do i wanted to get your view on some of these new they're not new new but they are other underground artists that are making the mark um and i'm gonna I'm play this jump see what you think mm -hmm. uh you know that's what i really wanted to do just oh so here it is st louis gibber and dj job blues you ever heard of job blues mm -hmm. shout out job blues these are some cats that's just been doing their thing you know what i mean uh what about gel gel rock is it pronounced gel rock the visionary crew which is two max and like mm -hmm. a bunch of brothers a lot of dudes um there's so many uh they they said they do an interview with me too i'm I'm really trying to get everybody um i, yeah, fat, man, I text with fat lip yeah. but see voodoo you're so respected that's why i was like yay he's doing it because Appreciate now that it. like i let fat lip know that you was doing this now he's like i'm this it let's do it you know what i mean what about percy p you know who percy p is <laughs> that'll be dumb okay, yeah, yeah we do we doing him like two weeks from now you know what i'm saying okay. is um it definitely, I know there was something. I know you didn't tap in with that because you, you peaceful, humble brother. But I know you had something. You and Razkaz had some kind of situation cracking that y'all need to fix, just like fucking Ice Cube and Volume Ten. But you know, I really, oh, you know, right, Ice Cube. That's, needs, no, that's, that's different, right a little there. different. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I let him know I was I was interviewing you, and he slipped me the email too. Like, uh, you know, times and dates. Let's what's up. Okay. Good. So, yeah. So once uh, you know how that is, once the yeah. people know one brother's down, and it's like, oh, okay, boom. Because at yeah. first they put the one toe in and the one toe, just like months to get the one interview, which is I'm I'm patient and I'm willing. Yeah. I hit up Shafiq Hussein too. Shout out Shafiq. All yeah. of them. As okay. those the homies from back in the day, but you know they big now. Yeah, mm -hmm. So they be like. You only got how many followers? You know, not him. I'm not saying him, but just I mean, the, it's growing, family. It's growing. I gotta right. start somewhere. Congratulations! I give honor. I'm really. They don't know how I'm gonna interview. I'm more free. I'm. I'm like, what they call um. There's a term for it. Kind like we're just free flowing. Basically, I just mm -hmm. there's some definitely key points I wanted to make sure to tap in with you, but mostly it's just stream stream of consciousness. That's what it's called. Right stream of consciousness because there's many things I want to tap in. I'm just like picking your brain as much mm -hmm. as you allow. And there's so many things we still haven't tapped into, like nature of the threat, for example, which is, um, duh, right? One of the most amazing hip hop tracks of all time. Thank you. Up there. And um, you just never got your big props to me. God dog it. That that that's true, yeah. And and I didn't really know what I wasn't doing. You know, I'm, I didn't know what I was doing. No, I didn't know what I wasn't doing, um, which was uh, really pushing when that record hit. I didn't really, you know, I was just we just vibing, and it really wasn't a thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's because you're a humble brother, man. That's because I guess so. I'm just not a, a like a 
you know, some people are assholes, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Some people are, are like assholes with it. And I just let the music speak for itself. But I never, I never got in front of the music. You know what I'm saying? I stayed behind and let it do its thing. Which is the natural course of things. But now that we're older and we're fully aware of how we know machines are who push and decide who becomes, you know, historical figures. And once, and I'm being messy a little bit right now, but I've noticed, brother, you probably don't even know my repertoire or anything. You just, I don't even know what allowed you to even tap in with me. Mm. Well, just from back in the day, just I knew I knew you rhymed and all of that stuff. I knew all of that. I knew probably know more music than I even know that was yours, you know, at the time, you know, and just being in all the same circles, you know, the unities, bigger beat, all things. So it's like, oh, I know her, you know what I mean? And that's basically what it was, you know, bigger B, yeah, he get a bigger B is like a serious ancestor you know what i'm saying because he gave us like he gave, he gave so many groups the that platform that which they like to say now but he gave so many groups that platform it's, it's crazy how many people grace the stage at unity you know that i mean our best shows were at unity you'll put it that way that's probably where i probably really first saw you guys perform you know i yeah. used to go to unity all the time the Boogie Monsters, too. Like, I would love to interview the Boogie Monsters, yeah. man. True. True, indeed. Yep. I went to that con- that show. Do you know only like 8 to 10, maybe 15 people popped up at that particular one? Hmm. I was there. Because I was like, oh, my God, the Boogie Monsters. Because I was vibing Honey Dips in Gotham. Like, oh, my God, right? Mm-hmm. And I met them. So I was like, oh, my God. That's dope. Boogie Monsters. Man, if we had the stuff we got today back then we would be legendary like 10 times over crazy now you know what i mean because you know back then it was camcorders and you know you'd be you'd be lucky to get somebody with a camera and polaroids and little cameras you you know like the little disposable joints that was what people was doing back then you know you almost couldn't even take them into clubs so you know quick question do you remember the brilliant nobody I know that name, but I don't remember. I don't know his work. That's his sister. Her name's Rebecca. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What about Boss? You remember Boss? Yeah, I remember Boss. Boss Boss with the shades. The sister. Yeah, I know. For sure. Yeah. I was just listening to her. I don't really want to feel. That sister was incredible. She was dope. Yeah, she was dope. Why do you think she didn't blow blow? I mean, she was backed by the third bass dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. That, she was Def Jam, wasn't she? Yeah, she was something major. Sure was. I got some of her um, vinyl, you know, her promo vinyl. Where the hell is she? I don't know. Good Who question. the hell is she? Right. <laughs> you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. She was boss. But who, the f- like, I remember the buzz was like, She's not really from South Central. Yeah, from I thought she was from up north. Yeah, she was I a thought, Northern Cali girl. Wasn't she? Yeah, I figured that. I was pretty she, too. Like pretty. It was cool. Yeah. I remember I mean, I was just recently was looking at that song and I was like looking behind the shade, the, the lokes and the plaid. And I was like, she was a very pretty girl. With the Pendleton. I don't ever remember seeing <laughs> that her shades on. She had she used to have a Pendleton and a little little hair 
Unwilling you know, by, on the field. Yeah, she was like rough. So she was boss for sure. <laughs> OG name too. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, it's flipping back to um, yeah, a lot of people didn't know who what I did in my day. I, I think I had a hurt feeling recently because abstract root and I had an inside text. And uh, you know, they always snub me, bro. Like they always try to snub me in the little circles. And it's like, how you gonna hmm. try to bro? Like, whenever I rock the mic, I always rock the mic. Like, quit playing. Like, I keep hmm. the audience's attention, bro. More than a lot of people from the good life and the blow, like quit playing every time. And I'm not trying to be like right on that, but just keep it fucking real. And I've been around since 93. Okay, those scenes. Like I wasn't known for the poetry more so at first. And then I came to the good life in 93 with my roommates that were from Long Beach State and Skilo. Me and Skilo like instantly adopted each other on some. We used to call each other cousin, bro. We weren't even mm -hmm. blood, but he has certain features like my family. And we just adopted each other. And, and you know, like you say, you never know how much influence or inspiration you you really are giving to people. And Skilo was very much an influence on me. You mm -hmm. know, um, he made the dopest beats. And his practice, like we used to practice together, like we'd go to his crib because we wanted to be ready for that next Thursday. You know what I'm saying? So we make a beat. Well, he'd make a beat and rap. And yeah, I had the honor of being on stage with him, you know, um, with what eventually became I Wish. Mm -hmm. you know, um, with my little poetry at the beginning and then he'd mm -hmm. go into his joint. And uh, Dino accidentally threw them tapes away, man. I'm so mad about that. I swear to God. That's like priceless. LA Sound Control Mob, I'm on a tape with. Uh, did you come to this thing? LA mm -hmm. Fat Jack's brother like sponsored this thing and all oh, the rapper. I had that tape oh, wow. all these years. And he got thrown away? Sweet husband when we moved here. Yeah, just. Got tossed out. Yeah, some of that stuff I try to digitize, you know, as much as I can. I should have. I was a procrastinator. Yeah. Make I'm that be a lesson for you. Don't procrastinate. Oh, Look, coming on late, what yeah. I tell you. People yeah, be coming on late, bro. What up, y'all? Let me know you're here. Type in, type in. I oh, see man, you. I need to tap out now. Oh, yeah. You, I know. We've been on here for four, literally four hours four now. Hours. Yeah. I don't seem like it to me because I'm on coffee, but... <laughs> I know I made a sweep. Hey, look, we were gonna have a mukbang, and I know you're like, I don't really do the eating thing in front of folk like this, but I made a sweet potato pie. Oh, wow. and I was gonna eat it on, you know, with you with the coffee, but my son never brought the pie up, so I just got the coffee. But I know it's about time to head out. I get yeah. it. I'm on coffee, like, oh my god, who's next? Yeah, but um, yeah, I get it. I can't wait to talk to you again if you allow that at some other oh, point. Yeah. As soon as I um, like when we we'll tap back in. I mean, even before the record is done and all that kind of stuff. But but you got to be a part of you know what what's going on. And plus, you know, you got to let me know what you know about the distribution and all that kind of stuff. We'll yeah, I definitely want to do that. Like, yeah, man, sure. tell me when's it, we'll talk. When's a good time? Yeah, to indeed. indeed. But um, yes, brother, I really must say, and I'm gonna put some applause and special effects and all that on this, and then I'm gonna cut it down and edit part ones and twos and threes. 
I am so thankful for this interview. Thank you so much for your time. It. I appreciate it. Thank and you. your memories. I know we we're all over the place. I was just mm -hmm. excited. I did write down notes. Trust me, I, I really did try to be prepared a bit, honestly. Right. But um, but th there's so many things that I love your opinion about. You're very profound and prolific and intellectual and 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 just a good, beautiful, spirited person. And you still have props to come, okay? I appreciate um, it. Because you. look, hey, you know, it's a I'm gonna call it the real renaissance. Because all of us are rehash, like re recognizing. I'm gonna conclude on this. I promise. Um, not rehashing. That's not the word. Revitalizing, recognizing. Uh, mm. Like I said, two thousand crows, the far side. All these brothers um, are recording. You know, have new product out. That's great. Um, maybe we took pauses because we, you know, rearing children, having families. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but we're not stopping. And I'm hoping we're going to talk some more, you know, uh, these A&Rs better be recognizing that we have a whole consumer. People whole base. Yep. Our That's age true. group has money and jobs and shit. Right. And we're we not buy, just aiming for us. You know it's not just I mean? teenagers that are purchasing, bro. It's yep. our age group is definitely having jobs at this point and being able to spend. Right. So they need to be signing yeah. us. Well, if we want to be signed. Right. Or distributing on a real level. But that? we'll talk, we'll talk. But shout out, Voodoo. Thank I you. Appreciate Thank you. Shout Thank out you. to all the homies, BOP, all of them, all my boys, uh, Cobra Commander who tapped in out of Europe. One of my one of my peoples um said he was gonna tap in and listen and everything. But shout out to all of y'all and I appreciate you for having me. And good luck with this show. But yo, we go tap in. Cause it's cause because you family. So like you say, you've been around since '93. I've been knowing you from since that long. You know, what I mean? I've adopted so. you guys as my cousins, straight up. Indeed, indeed. All of y'all. Yes. Much love and respect. Thank you so much again, and applause, applause, and much love. All right, tell appreciate you, tell it. your thank family. You. I said thank you for sharing yourself with us. I will. Hey, and, and tell 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 ten the same thing. Shout out volume ten. Indeed. Go check out volume 10 is Dean Hawkins. Yeah, I gotta get that. We I'm didn't even get into you. that. Oh my god. I know. Yeah, we it's gotta be a part two. Don't even trip. I want to know if you'd be willing to just sit on a panel with me when I interview certain people. You know, that would be yeah, fun. That'd be dope. Yeah, that, that'd be dope. I can ask some questions and all that. Yeah, yeah it's gonna be every Wednesday and Saturday. Every Wednesday and Saturday, so you can pick whenever you want to tap in. Okay. That I'll give you the like lineup offline. We'll text. I got to try to get out of my shell. I, I got you. You're awesome. And you deserve to be in the history books and, the, and the academic books. Much love. Peace. Oh, okay. We're going to do it official. Peace and peace and peace and blessings. Thank you. All right. All right. That concludes, y'all. That's it. That's We, we got to shut it down. Y'all going to have to re-see it at another point. All right.